Yo, what is up, guys? How's it going? Hope you're having a wonderful evening. And we back with the great Mercy debate, which actually I've just realized right now I did not change the title. Everything changed everything else, but didn't change the title. Anyways, we move on. Now, it is a great day for me personally, as this Man City shirt will attest. Uh, my football team has won the Premier League, for those of you who are completely oblivious. And although there was no quadruples to be had today, I do have a quadruple of guests on the podcast today. So let me introduce them without much delay. So right to the next of me on the top here is Evie who is now becoming a regular of the podcast. Evie, how you doing? Hello, doing pretty good. Awesome. And now in the bottom right on your side is Neandra. Neandra, what up? Hello. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> formal hello. Hello, I'm, I'm here nervous. for the business. I'm here for business, nothing else. It's going to be fun. I hope so. I've, I've assembled the panel, the uh, the elite Mercy panel, and continuing that panel in the bottom left of your screens is Skiesti. Skiesti, what up? Hi. <laughs> um, All right. I, I don't know what to say. I'm Ski. Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. And yeah, we've, we're experimenting with some awesome technology that EVA has kind of lent me to, which is, I think it's called fung Fungi. Fugi, 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 yeah. no, Fugi not tech. fungus. So what you're seeing is these guys' uh, pictures light up as they talk. And on that note, I'm going to test now. Somnus, are you back from the bathroom? Yeah, also I want to say, if you do look really cute today. No, you. <laughs> very wholesome, very wholesome. I want some uh, name-calling later and some heavy disagreements. <laughs> that'll that'll I'll... happen. Oh no, Somnus's reactive image. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fix that right now, so don't worry. So... While we do that, chat, let us get right into it. So to start off with, I just want to get, because there's five of us, there's a lot of going to be a lot of opinions, a lot of stuff to get through. So to start with, I just want to get a rough stance of where you guys stand in particular on the topic of mercy. So just to tell you guys on stream what the what the uh, show order, what's the show, order of show, run of show is going to be. We're going to order talk firstly. Yeah, just what what we're going to do, basically. What we're going to do, we're going to start off talking about Mercy and her state in 5v5, particularly Overwatch 2. Now, obviously, there's plenty of discussion to be had on Mercy and Overwatch 1, but we know where the game is going. So I think it makes more sense to focus on Overwatch 2. So we'll focus on, we'll have some thoughts from these guys about how they see Mercy and Overwatch 2, 5v5 environment. Then we're going to talk about the super jump change that just came in before the beta went down because that caused a lot of controversy. That A lot of people had a lot of opinions, myself included, and I'm eager to hear these guys' opinions. And then we're going to move on to more wide-reaching topics, uh, namely talking about just the perception of Mercy in the community, how people view her. Is she the target of any particular hate, disproportionate hate, perhaps uh, you know, minority targeted hate as well. So we'll get to all of that. But first, like I said, I want to get all you guys' just base opinion. If you can give me a one sentence summary to start with on Mercy in 5v5, so I can just so we all know where you roughly stand, we'll go with EVA first. God damn, that's a <laughs> lot. Um, yeah, I think Mercy in 5v5 shows that in this case, I think Mercy in 5v5 is more noteworthy because i think we need all the other heroes in the game to get touched up first before we can assess mercy i see mercy as like the tracer character where other heroes are based around the balance of that character where i'd say like say reinhardt is a benchmark for tanks uh tracer is a benchmark for dps and i think mercy is a benchmark for supports and less noticeably so and so Very but in that in that statement i think that mercy needs to be touched up last among the supports and based around it. 
Very interesting. A lot to unpack, as we will. I'm going to head to Neandra first, though. Neandra, your sort of one-sentence-ish summary on Mercy in 5v5. Uh, personally, I actually had a really good time with Mercy in the beta. Um, I kind of just feel like we have to wait until we see her in a competitive environment to properly decide if she works in 5v5. Oh, okay. So that was the end of the sentence. I thought it was going to be more. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's good, 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 good. Okay, great. Thank you. And Skiesti, what about yourself? So I think that Mercy and 5v5, I mean, before the super jump ability that they tried at the very end, she was pretty much just the exact same. She just had a different kind of environment to be in. And for me, like, at first she felt pretty okay, but then the more I played her, the more I just felt that she was lacking hmm interesting lacking i like that as a sort of one sentence take or the one word takeaway and somnus round us off what's your kind of one one sentence or a couple sentence summary of mercy in 5v5 um i think my opinion might be a bit different because like i i play a really aggressive mercy and like i had a lot of fun playing like a super aggressive mercy in 5v5 because if you can take care of yourself like properly, like you you live for so long, and even if my DPS dies, I felt like like I like the the style of like pocket mercy going into the backline and like chilling, you know, it, it can work. But I feel like she's more like she has a lot of self sustain. Like I, I felt pretty powerful, honestly. Nice. May I add to that? Go ahead. I think it was very noticeable for anybody who had watched the um the. Oh my god, what was the, the event that you did? Fantasy the, uh, Overwatch. No, 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 not fancy, uh, fantasy. Fantasy Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, Somnus, I think, just fucking killed it. And it, I think Somnus showed uh, the best of what Mercy was in Overwatch 2 as it is right now. I think it was very noticeable that she was utilizing the full, full extent of Mercy's kit and getting the most value out of it possible. So it makes sense that Somnus has a bit of a different view on Mercy in this case, for sure. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned it because I was actually going to bring it up myself. I've been editing the fantasy Overwatch highlights, and yeah. I was get I got to that point on uh, Midtown. You guys will see those of you unaware. Obviously, the fantasy Overwatch tournament that I hosted not too long ago. The video for that will be going up on YouTube soon. But one of those games was uh, on Midtown. Uh, Somnus's team versus I think it was Flats's team or well, technically Deku's team. It's so confusing when one team was called Flats Justice. But yeah, so Somnus was glocking quite a lot i would say and actually i brought up skiesti's video on this as well so i kind of encourage one of them to kind of maybe take the lead on this because skiesti i saw your video talking about how with you know one less player in the lobby you felt like actually you're not usually a glock mercy but you even you found yourself pulling the glock out more so maybe you want to lead in and then somnus you can chime in on your kind of feelings of glocking it up yeah, sure. So if anyone has seen me play Mercy before, you know that I am not the type to pull out my pistol like ever, except for in like very rare self-defense cases or like if I really have to be the one to like pressure someone. But in most cases, I really refrain from doing that and I play much more passively. But going into Overwatch 2, it felt like I had more value if I did pull out my pistol sometimes and I did like go for the kills that I normally wouldn't just because there was less protection on those like lower like 200 HP targets. Like if I'm in Valk or if I'm really, you know, dedicated, like who's who's going to stop me? It was kind of what I thought in some of those cases, like 
I just had more free reign to be more on the offensive, which was like a really weird style switch for me. I think that's amplified by uh, SVV, not SVV, sorry, ML7 showing off how much more potential Ana gets with DPS Ana. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, actually, great that you kind of chimed in there, Evie. I was going to say as well, with with five of us guys, feel free to chime in. If I'm saying something, interrupt. We, I won't necessarily always be able to give you full turns, so feel free to hop in and out. And on that note, Somnus, the Glock Queen herself. I mean, <laughs> how do you feel about the Glock? You felt more so, powerful. You said. So uh, I think uh, I'm not sure about Ski and Neandra, but I know Evie and me we put like mercy for a very long time like since five men rest at least and uh, even then i was like really aggressive like i i felt like i felt like targets like for example zingata Widowmaker, for me were like really like like kind of prey <laughs> like it's gonna sound brutal <laughs> yeah. but like really so especially now in 5v5 where there's usually only one person left on point or like they just don't have the protection because there's like so much going on. You have such an easier time to just go in and like get a couple of kills. Like um, I think being able to like turn around games like that is like one of the greatest things about uh, supports. I, like if Anna hits like a great nade and it starts DPSing those targets and gets them done, like you've seen ML7 do it, it's crazy. Zinyata can can like decimate an entire team and like uh, I feel like um, Mercy less, <laughs> but Lucio can also DPS. Like Mercy is probably like the least DPSy like supports from them, but like if you pull out the Glock in the right moment, I think you can actually make a difference in the team fight. Like for sure. Like if you're I don't know, if your target just died, like, pull out the Glock, kill the person who just killed your target and just res afterwards. Like, that's what I think. Don't go for the res immediately, because chances are they're gonna kill you anyway. I mean, it's also, I think, an aspect of Mercy that people often forget as well is waiting to res to let your teammates get their cooldown before they get resed. Because if you res somebody immediately, they might not have the cooldown that they used right before death. So it's just in general, late resing, I feel like, is more important in Overwatch too. Now that's there's Rising so much in depth. general is a problem, I feel like. Yes, I was just going to bring that up. There's so much depth to this because obviously the, one of the subtle things is the timer went down from 10 to 8 seconds for how long people take to respawn, which in some ways is a soft nerf to Mercy, right? Yeah, it is actually 10. So it is? Uh, you're, you're thinking of early in the alpha, it was 8 yeah. for a bit there, as well as we had a dynamic uh, respawn timer. It's 10 oh. in Overwatch 2 currently. Okay, well, I'm, and it just shows you how long claimed that was a Devs claimed that was a bug, but I think that was just something they were testing internally that made it in the build. Okay. Well, never mind what I was saying. I'm going to head over to Neandra so, she, so uh, they can sound a bit smarter than I can. <laughs> um, Neandra, do you feel happy with the idea that, you know, the Glock is coming out more? Like, I, I know you also kind of had a video that said that you were kind of concerned about Mercy. Okay, so I, I really struggle to aim with Mercy because I play Mercy at a very high sensitivity to look around a lot. So every time I have to bring out the Glock, I'm like afraid because I know I'm going to embarrass myself. But um, in the beta, I also played a lot of Anna and I thought Anna was like amazing. And with her, I DPSed a lot and I had a really good time with that. So even though my aim with Mercy is bad, I can definitely understand where people are coming from here. And yeah, I can definitely see that being fair enough. Gotta but love do you kind of... <laughs> Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, do you feel like stylistically though, is that a direction you prefer or would you rather her strength come in a different way? 
it was um it was and Andrianic who suggested this to me that Mercy should have uh, two separate sensitivity sliders, like a sensitivity for when your beam is out, and then sensitivity for when the pistol is out. And I would really really like to see that if uh, <laughs> if Val Mercy does become more of a thing. I to... suggested this to Jeff Goodman in December 2016. <laughs> he said it. What didn't seem useful. <laughs> Maybe they could like take a look at that because I think it would be really useful. It would be. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe this is a stupid statement, but how difficult could that be to implement? Like, it shouldn't not couldn't be that well. difficult. So, literally, think why of not give the option? Think of uh, FPS games that have different sensitive, like uh, the different mm. amount that you're aiming based on your optical zoom of your scope. Yeah, if you're like ADSing, it's the same difference of swapping it. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, I mean... certain. Go ahead, Ski. Sorry. I was gonna say, I mean, when you're rocking that like 1600 DPI and like 30 in game sends, like it's a little hard to swap and like <laughs> actually get value with your pistol. You gotta, so, you gotta aim with your uh, movement instead of your crosshair. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. I, lo I love the sort of depth you guys all bring to this, but I do want to kind of lead Skiesti over because obviously, again, Skiesti, you're someone who doesn't usually clock. Yeah. Um, are you are you happy with that kind of increased emphasis on it, or or is it kind of philosophically not really you know vibe with you? Uh, honestly, it is not really my thing. I get a lot of people whenever I end up talking about mercy. You know, everyone always makes uh, change suggestions and whatnot when you get on the topic. And I swear, the one that I hear the most often is, "I want mercy to do more damage." <laughs> Why? You have, like, six other support heroes if you want to do damage that can do damage so much better than her, and that is actually, like, more so built into their kit, whereas Mercy is more of, like, an enabler that has that option if she wants to, but I don't really think, like, for me personally and my playstyle, I don't think that, like, obviously there are situations where you should use it and it's good, but I think that it just takes away from her as a hero and like what she's supposed to be doing and what her role actually is to like be encouraging that uh like more aggressive more dpsc playstyle just doesn't like it doesn't quite fit and that's yeah. certainly go ahead evie uh, so the the thing for me is that um i i don't think you know my view on this svb i fucking despise mercy's pistol <laughs> I, I I I hate it. Uh, and I typically, I I've I've been a Mercy pistol hater, and I fucking hate Mercy. Like, okay, I'm also slightly biased because because I'm the Mercy player to many people. If people see, if a Mercy sees me in their match, their their goal for the rest of the match is to Glock me. <laughs> and so like I'm also biased in that regard, where I'm just fucking tired of that shit. But ironically enough, I do think it has a place. I think it has periodic value. I think it covers some some blind sights in her kit. Um, I think that there's many nuances to her having a pistol. Um, I do think one of the biggest things that I would change, uh, like for like to amplify why and how I think about the pistol is how I would explain this change that I would suggest of Mercy's uh, pistol and Valk shouldn't have infinite ammo. It has infinite ammo, which is it, it gets people to tunnel vision to Glock during the entire Valk. And you, and you, I think instead of, amping the damage or 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 having infinite ammo it should be double the fire rate in valk so you'll like pull out the pistol burn through a clip really quickly and then swap back to beam and for two seconds while your beam is out 
it automatically reloads. So that would encourage swapping back and forth during Valk. And it would also make it to where somebody doesn't use an entire Valk for just pistol. So mm. it's like that kind of amplifies the I think it has a place, but I think people need to swap like more. I think I think especially because Mercy players aren't trained typically in knowing when the value of having your pistol out or not, just pulling it out at all. But you need to almost train yourself when you need to know that you're not getting enough value to swap back. And so like, I think that it's most of the time a distraction more than anything, but it does bring so much more value. And like others have said, like I almost feel like it's my job to deal with Widow a lot of the time because it's just so easy to do. And so like that, that's kind of like the, the periodic value I'm talking about where I think in Overwatch 2, yeah, we will finish people off more as Mercy, but that I think that it just amplifies that her kit is going to feel in a way more clunky than before. Hmm. That's a really interesting idea, kind of softly. And I always like the idea of softly kind of guiding the players to what maybe you should do rather than forcing them or completely denying them an option. So Somnus, how, let, let's take it to you. How do you feel about an option like that? Do you feel like people do glock too much? Like it's almost easy to fall in the trap of kind of glocking too much and spending your entire Valkyrie glocking when value could have been found elsewhere? Yeah, so I like to like switch between beam and then the glock. I like to like beam until I like kind of get close to the widow or whatever, because like chances are like there's no one close enough for me to like fly to anyway. So like I like to keep the beam on and like fly low so the widow doesn't spot me and I fly up like into the face. Like uh, you don't have to like pull out the glock and fly forwards to the widow because like then the widow will also know you're going for her, you know? Like if I have the beams out, I can also like kind of make her feel safe when she's not under the radar <laughs> yeah i, I kind of i also think like the issue is like the pocket style of mercy in overwatch uh one is really viable because you have two tanks like you're you're kind of in a safe bubble you know what i say what i'm saying the problem is in a 5v5 environment where like there's so many openings on the maps so many sightlines and there's so much happening you don't find the time and place to like only hold right click on the guy who's like, you know, popping off or whatever. Like often chances are you're like trying to fight for your own life or like you're trying to save your other support who who is often a Zenyatta, like a really, really frail character. Like even although after he got the kick and 250 HP, ain't no don't one gonna tell me Zenyatta is frail, okay? <laughs> like don't tell me Zen is frail anymore. He's not. He's, uh, he's a menace. But um, yeah. The 5v5 environment changes playstyle, I feel like, for a lot of characters, actually. Some, some characters not, some, 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 some playstyles change. Like, it, I think it's the environment that's, like, changing it. Res is awful in 5v5 to me, because I don't find the time to safely res. There's a chance I'm going to get ambushed every, se like, any second from somewhere else. Like, I find it hard to res in 5v5. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack, so the mention of res we'll definitely get to res and kind of the, the wider kit as well but i want to dwell a little bit on that point of of feeling less safe and neandra did you feel less safe did you feel like it was kind of almost forcing you to play differently and, and unable to pocket as somna said because you felt like you you couldn't afford to just stay on one person like that it, it's like it's yes and no because obviously you have one less you have one less person to fly to but you have one less person after you um i think the new maps have a lot that mercy can work with in terms of like prop bouncing and positioning and honestly the support like health regen 
is very very useful as well mm -hmm. but in general did you feel like it was kind of forcing it you know uh, uh, you to play in a way that was unnatural almost or different uh, i honestly don't know to be honest um i yeah i'll uh, i'll come back to you on that one no totally fair skiesty how about you so this it was kind of weird going from Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2 because I'd like to say that I am a Mercy player who is good at playing environmental cover and like relying more on myself to survive and I'd say that I'm actually quite good at staying alive um, but it was really weird in Overwatch 2 where you know even though I had that kind of foundation it felt like there were too many openings it felt like you were too just like vulnerable it felt like you know sometimes you couldn't even catch up to your dps or sometimes they would line up sight you and then you you never get back to them because of their dps buff passive right and like it just it just felt really weird and clunky and i did feel like i had to put even more of an emphasis into surviving and even when you did survive for much longer than like someone should you'd end up dying in some way anyway because supports were less likely to heal their other support because of the support passive right so it was like you didn't get care you didn't get any kind of like protection your dps were running you you were pretty much like on your own and you just had to make do and it, it did feel like it was a bit more of a struggle Mm -hmm. And this is, I guess, this aligns with your your kind of idea of feeling somehow lacking in in five v five is I think the word you use. But this is yeah. the concern that a lot of people have brought to me before and after Overwatch Two came out. A lot of people were like, because because here's here's the sort of the play of the field, right? People were people were very concerned about the state of support going into Overwatch Two, and then when it happened, people were doubly concerned. They're like, supports are dying very fast. They feel underpowered, and and the counter narrative have been, and and I've kind of pushed this myself, where it's like, well adapt this is a new world you're gonna have to fight for yourself more you're gonna have to kind of contribute to the killing aspect of the game but a lot of mercy players in particular have come back to me and said well i didn't pick mercy to do those things i didn't pick mercy to be contributing to, to glocking or dpsing or or even actively dueling people or, or helping in that aspect i picked mercy because i like to enable other people and i've seen a lot of people have this kind of concern that that play style is almost dying the idea both in support at large, but in Mercy in particular, the idea of just, I'm enabling someone and that's the way I like to play is dying. Is that a sentiment you agree with, Evie? Ooh, um, I, yes and no. I think, I think it's go it goes into the game design philosophy uh, uh, for Overwatch when it comes to, like, it, it's, Blizzard struggles with is it okay for a hero to have a niche versus a hero must be always viable? Blizzard really struggles with that. And I think Mercy it has become very much so an example of that where, you know, you can't, you know, we she was always viable for two years. And, like, you know, I could get into 2.0 being a mistake in and of itself. Not a mistake, but handled poorly. You know, we had 70 nerfs in a row. Um... And, you know, it, they weren't decisive enough. They took too long. And, you know, it almost out, it, it added to Mercy hate. And I think that it was justifiable hate, but not, but like 
yeah, slightly off track. But the point being is that, like, I think that we're in a situation where Mercy is now, her, her wings have been so clipped in regards to the power of her kit passively, like the, the passive numbers across her kit have been nerfed, right? Um, that it almost feels like a ghost of what it was originally meant to be, but that also it doesn't really fit into any direct need. It doesn't fit direct utility. It doesn't fit direct uh, primary healing. It doesn't fit direct off healing or speed. And so I think that then when you bring into whether or not you want to pistol, it just brings in yet another clunky aspect to their kit that doesn't feel like it fits in at the at this point, right? And so I think that it's it's okay for Mercy to be in a niche. In fact, I kind of almost want her to be, um, but that she's a niche in a way that not that she has a place, but that she has no place. I think that the place that she has is enabling frail characters that also have poor designs, I, I would argue. Um, like, I think Farah is a kind of a rough spot. I think Echo is just Echo. She's strong, so you get value from enabling. But I think, say, Cassidy, where now without stun, needs, like, enjoys a pocket even more, right? I, so I'd argue that Mercy is almost an enabler, but not to good characters. I'd say she's almost a good enabler to characters that are also uh, imbalanced, or rather also clunky. And that kind of feels very weird to think about because it's, it's the idea is that I, I like the mental image of like this camaraderie between two heroes that have nowhere else to go, but it does also then yeah. create a bit of an awkward situation if... And this is why people dislike, for example, Far Mercy in their games, right? Because yeah. it's like, on their own, these heroes are fine. Put them together, these heroes are suddenly taking over the game and they become almost yeah, exactly. uncounterable in some extent. And in some ways, it's almost doubling down on the, the bad design, if we want to put it that way, of, of one over the other. Which is So that's a very interesting, very interesting thought. Is that a thought you kind of vaguely agree with, Neandra? And again, do you have any sort of thoughts <laughs> on that idea of this play style of mercy evaporating where you know she kind of enables people and that's kind of going away i i know eva has always had this idea that instead of damage boosting the strongest player you should damage boost the weakest to bring them up to power levels right and i'm not sure well, not necessarily but more specifically the better player probably knows how to position <clears throat> better and can survive the worst player probably needs a bit extra healing to not die to chip damage is more specifically what i talk about I could never tell if I agreed with that, but I do think it is like a very. Um, I'd rather them not being in the spawn room is the way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. I think what a lot of people do seem to forget is that Mercy became a pocket healer because she got that healing nerf a few years back. And, you know, like for the first few years of Overwatch, 99% of Mercy players were just underused damage boost and heal fully health allies and stuff. Um, one thing I was thinking is I think it would be really beneficial in Overwatch 2 if Mercy had a change where she got less ult charge from healing but more ult charge from damage boost. I don't know if y'all agree with that, but I, I feel like it would it would discourage heal botting in a way that doesn't hurt people who already damage boost. And I don't know, I kind of feel like Mercy might end up healing less in Overwatch 2 because you've got like the support passive and everyone is a bit self-sufficient. So I don't know if, uh, what do you think of that? Um, <laughs> can I chip in here? Yeah, I was actually going to take it to you, so I'm just going to yeah. go ahead. So I think Mercy is pretty much like still doing the same thing. Like you can still pocket someone 
I, I would actually argue you can damage boost people way more because there's one less tank, there's less shields, and the the support passive makes it so you don't have to like go and babysit your support as much, you know? I feel like she can still play that style, but the issue is also, like if you go on the flank with a soldier, there's also going to be people on you. And you have to know how to move around and like place yourself, especially on maps with a lot of verticality, you know? You can't just be holding your soldier's hand, walk with him and think like he's going to kill everyone that's going to come and try to kind of like in League of Legends terms, you know, gank you, you know, like <laughs> that's not going to, that's not going to happen. Like I think, I think Mercy was very safe in Overwatch 1 because uh, she functions really well, especially in uh, bunker comps, if you guys remember, like with the Bastion. Like, what are they going to do? You sit behind two shields and you're holding right-click on a Bastion, you know? Like, what are you going to do? Or, like, holding right-click on an Ash that's, like, 3,000 miles away on high ground. Like, how are they even going to reach you? Like, you you were very safe, but, like, you're not as safe to do that anymore. Like, if you, if you want to pocket someone, you have to keep in mind that you you have to use your movement to like get out of sticky situations. Like you can't just rely on your team to be just there. Like that's not going to be. Could mm -hmm. I argue that, that that was the circumstances of the beta where almost cleave and direct damage characters were the meta? Yes. So that influences our view on that? You mean... Uh... I like, would say like so. Doomfist, like so, Arista getting close. Uh, you know, Reinhardt. Yeah, like it, the the comps with a single tank being, and then your tanks being closer, that encourages the whole team it's themselves to be closer together. Which I'd argue is one of the biggest reasons why I felt weaker in Overwatch Two is because, as you mentioned, the one less player to fly to. But that when teams are more clumped together, Mercy is more vulnerable. Oh, I didn't feel like my I didn't feel like my teams were super duper clumped to be honest. Like, uh, if you remember, like I loved the comp, for example, Bogger and my team played Bogger. on um on what was a circuit royale. Like we were pretty spread. Like we had Bogger like right above the spawn door. I was standing at the stairs with the soldier, and then we had another DPS in the back line, and Anna was playing really far back, like I didn't feel like we were super clumped, and then we no, could like. That's what I'm saying is like you're 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 at, you're proving my mm. point of like it's comp dependent. It it is. I mean, it's always comp dependent or not. Yes, but I'm saying it's amp that that comp dependency feels amplified in Overwatch too. I think was the point I was trying to make. I think so. Is where like it feels more cut and dry on whether or not yeah she's safe or not. Yeah, it does. That is that is very true. Yeah, it does. And I. Mean, yeah, I mean, I uh, also on the on the matter of damage boost, I, I just wanted to mention one thing. I think Mercy is the only support hero where people poke at each other for stats, for damage boost stats in particular. I I oh, don't yeah, it's think elitist. yeah, it's become such an elitist thing, which makes no sense because it it's makes all no actual. sense. Like, it makes absolutely so no sense, you know? Like, I don't think... Like, I think the pocket style of Mercy, very viable, but you should not call... So, like, tell someone off because they have 200 less damage amplified than you on average. Maybe they just playing more aggressive, or maybe... I don't know, they just didn't get the chance to, like, pocket, like, like a really good... Like, yeah, it's so odd it to me. It's more decisive, that's less yeah, damage. it's so odd to me. It, it lacks all context in... in 
Like if, if fights are more decisive, you're going to be less damage boosting. If you're duoed with somebody who's a DPS and they're playing soldier, you're going to be doing more damage than, say, damage boosting a widow, you know, or it depends on who you're damage boosting, who you're playing against, who you're playing with. Are you the main healer? Are you not the main healer? Are you able to uh, have that free time to damage boost? Are you rolling them? All that is contextual, whether or not you're doing that amount of damage amplified per 10. And that's just like anybody who's comparing stats in that way just lacks any form of like nuance that I just listed. Yeah, it, it happens <laughs> only with Mercy. And I was thinking more about than, it. Than, yeah. than, so. <laughs> I was thinking about it, how silly that that entire like thing is. You don't see Lucius like comparing <laughs> the environmental thing uh, kills and then like like I don't know attacking each other. Like you didn't get two environmental kills, I had three. Like you, like you know, it's very odd. I I definitely have noticed this, and um, in one of my earlier videos, I remember I said something along the lines of like a mercy should never have gold healing. And I don't know, I, I kind of regretted that, or like at least regretted not using more vague context-based terms, I guess. Never deal in absolutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, Mercy could have gold healing and it, no, Mercy might have silver healing and it's not an issue, is what I kind of wish I'd said instead of like, no, you must not have uh, gold healing as Mercy. Last well, the internet, Yandri. Ever make an empirical statement? Someone's gonna hold that over <laughs> you for the rest of your life. But Literally. you know, gets the clicks. Then why not? Now, I mean, you know, this is a really fascinating discussion. But I, you know, it's been very polite, and I want to, I want to really shake it up now. I want to really shake it up because I want to ask a, a more spicy question, which is that you know, you guys have alluded to the idea of the pocket play style. Should the pocket play style exist? Full stop. Because here's here's the game. I'm gonna lay the lay the scene and let you guys battle it out. Most people really hate the pocket playstyle. At least I would say most non-Mercy players hate the pocket playstyle. They hate the idea, both as a player, but also conceptually. Conceptually, they hate the idea that someone could be a healer who can pocket someone else and they kind of pocket them to victory. And also, I think players on an individual level hate the idea of going up against someone who's being pocketed, right? Because obviously, it's, most people play solo. They're solo, they go up against a pocket Ash, a pocket Farah, whatever it is. Oh, I can't kill her, it's 2v1, GG, your team's flaming you, you're mad, you know, your mother's crying in the background, it's all, all hell is broken loose. So, should the pocket play style exist? And if not, what should it be replaced by? And I'll go to Skiesti first. So, okay, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on this, uh, so mm -hmm. I'll just kind of start somewhere. So, I prefer Mercy in her pocket style compared to her main healer style. I thought playing her as a main healer just wasn't very interesting for me, and that's also taking away healing that uh, your other support could be getting to get their ultimates quicker, and I... I don't know, the Overwatch community has this idea that if someone is pocketed, then they are literally unkillable, and that Mercy is somehow a free win, and I, I'm always so confused by that, because if you think that, literally, try playing Mercy yourself for, like, a week and see where that gets you. See if you get to GM instantly, like, I, I, I just, I never understand that idea that people have going around that it's literally just impossible to win against, because, like, it's really not... But, like, I'm not sure what else I would want to see for her instead of, like, this pocket playstyle. But if the, op if the options are, you know, she's either a main healer or she's, like, 
a pocket. I I much prefer being able to pocket, and I feel like going a little bit back to uh, Neandra's comment earlier, and I kind of want to chime in this, but I didn't want to interrupt. But uh, making it so that damage boost does more uh, alt charge than healing does, because right now, even when you are playing Mercy as a damage boost pocket, if the enemy Mercy is playing her and doing like a little bit more healing, even though you are more effectively, uh, so to speak, doing your job, she'll end up getting Valk before you and then she'll have Valk for the fight, but you're still working on getting it because you've mainly been damage boosting and not really picking up that much on healing. So, Is this in, an Overwatch 1 perspective or an, or an Overwatch 2 perspective? First one was Overwatch 2 perspective, and then that last point is Overwatch 1 perspective, but I feel like, especially uh, translating that over into Overwatch 2, uh, there's... Okay, the way I that I was that... playing Mercy... Oh. I, I say that because I think the reason why you're not getting as much da uh, as much uh, ult charge while damage boosting is because most of the time when damage boosting, say somebody who's da a damage over time dealer, is they're shooting a fucking shield. You get ult okay, charge well, from amplified damage dealt, not amplified yeah. damage. Overwatch 2 perspective, though, is like... The way that I was playing, I was still playing mostly as a pocket, and because of the support passive, I didn't have to peel around for my second healer anymore, really. Like, they were mostly fine on their own, which mm -hmm. allowed you to actually commit better with your DPS, and your second healer would have less to worry about because they've only got one tank, and they can also... They have an ability to heal themselves, first of all, and then they have their passive regen. So they were pretty much independent with each other, and they, as long as they worked well together, then, like, it was fine. So as Mercy, you would be much more able to pocket, and I think, you know, you're less likely to heal as much in Overwatch 2, so having that ability for damage boost to give you more all charge when you're not going to be doing as much healing would be pretty beneficial for her. Two, two things I just want to quickly add. One is feel free to interrupt at any point. You know, you ski shied away, <laughs> but feel free. Like I said. <laughs> Second thing is to finish you off your point, you said, you know, it's actually, you know, you can deal with someone being pocketed. What would be your solution for someone who's like, well, how do I ski SD? How do I deal with someone who's getting pocketed? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's kind of uh... situational. Yeah, yeah. Like that—that's a hard question to answer because it is like, situational. It's like asking how do you tell somebody on watch? It's like okay, yeah. Well, you got <laughs> like I, I mean, keep in mind, pocketing means you're fighting. Like you could be fighting a two v one. You know, if you fight a two v one of not mercy, you might struggle just as much. Hmm. So it's like it's the player advantage is the problem. I think that'll definitely be part of it, and you know, worth keeping in mind. So, so do you have a kind of an issue with the pocket playstyle? Are you happy with it, Neandra? To be honest, I I pretty much just agree with Skiesti, where it's like if the choice is going back to the main healer or staying as a pocket character, I kind of do prefer. I think there's a lot more nuance with damage boost and a lot more depth to it than Mercy's healing, especially when Mercy's healing is so. You know, plain. You just press. You just press a button for it. Um, the the other thing is, I, there is a difference between like a mercy who primarily uses damage boost versus a mercy that hard pockets someone. And I do personally think the former is the most interesting. 
And I know the community has like suggested ideas where if you if you damage boost a certain target for over X amount of seconds, it gets weaker and stuff. And like maybe that would be interesting. Maybe start damage boost better, and then it gets weaker over time. To kind I of think that was that was both. me. <laughs> I think that was generation. you. <laughs> the beam degeneration. Although it seemed in yeah. practice, it was just, it was one of those things where you throw an idea out and you're not sure how yeah. it's going to work. And I feel like in practice, mm -hmm. it didn't work as well as I envisioned in my mind. It just felt <laughs> it felt bad for Mercy players, is what I gather, because we tested it, didn't we, in the Overwatch Two patch, and people generally were like, it just feels really bad. Um, mm -hmm. But Somnus, where do you stand? We haven't heard from you in a while. Should the pocket playstyle exist? I mean, uh, any honestly, like I think there's different playstyles that can be done, like on Mercy. For me, uh, I personally play the main support style, which in the competitive sense is like me calling out a lot in voice, looking around because I don't have to. I don't have to focus on hitting my shots. I don't have to. Uh, I have a lot of. Uh, view with my verticality where I can give my team intel that could be important I could be old tracking and stuff whereas other people couldn't like I, I talk a lot in voice I'm not sure how's it with you guys but I talk a lot in voice I try to communicate and that's why I like Mercy like as a main support like I'll pocket my DPS but I'm not gonna go out of my way to like hold right click on this guy and like they run into the back line and like you know we're like we're like Bonnie and Clyde or something. That's not my thing. <laughs> like that's not my thing. You know, I like her as a main support. The way, the way you would also play Lucia, kinda. You know, like look around, call out things, communicate and stuff. Like the pocket style is not really my thing. Like in that sense, like the Bonnie and Clyde sense. You know, mm -hmm. and that's the issue because a lot of people are not annoyed at the pocket style. That is the average pocket style where you just you know hold right click like whenever possible but like they're annoyed at the pocket style that is the bonnie and clyde pocket style i like to call <laughs> where like you basically get put on a leash and like walk around with the dps and like only all right click on them and i gotta say it's actually interesting because if people if you guys know league of legends there is a character that is similar to mercy in a sense that it's a pocket it's called yumi it's a fucking cat okay so you can Sweet. sit on a target, a target, and like pocket this target. And Yumi is equally hated in the league community as Mercy is. Like this sort of like, like, <laughs> like you know, sitting on a target and like amplifying them to the point, you know, like it's very hated. I'm not sure why, but I, I can see that there's like, um, maybe even it's the, they're both seen as leech characters. Kind of. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, I, think, I think it comes from this place of feeling like the person who's doing it is, is taking so much less skill than someone doing it of their own, like, you know, doing their own volition, like doing their own thing. Which is actually interesting. And I don't know how true this is because I can't say I'm super into the Dota scene anymore. But there's a character in Dota called Io who's also the same. He does not have any, like, potential threat of his own. He's just like a little floating wisp. I don't know what his pronouns are actually. It's own. Uh, but it's actually considered quite a skillful character from what I gather, uh, which as Boger is chiming in in chat, like it is a very difficult character, but it's also the same idea. It's like essentially it just sits with one person and gives its life literally to the to the person it's pocketing. So I guess the defense in chat is that, well, Io is a very difficult character, but that leads me very nicely to a sort of another leading question, which is that 
does a lot of the hate, perhaps, I don't know about Yumi, but certainly for Mercy, come from the fact that people perceive her as an easy character when, when we talk about this pocket playstyle. Like, it's easy to do. Yes, you kind of alluded to this yourself, where you were like, people think it's really easy. And you kind of were saying, well, you try playing Mercy, but it is a, yeah. it is a sort of charge labeled at the character. I think that, and I'm sure this term gets thrown around a lot when we talk about Mercy, because, I mean, it's true. She has a low skill floor and a high skill ceiling. To pick up Mercy and play her if you were a beginner, I mean, it's easy enough, right? You put your beam on somebody and you fly around here or there. But to actually understand the nuances of Mercy and to master her movement, to be really good at surviving, to make those decisions that you have to make in split seconds, to do the shot calling, to be aware, to have that game sense, to like to do all of those things and to do them very well all at the same time, like, that takes skill. Like, yeah, she's easy to pick up, but she's one of those hard-to-master heroes. Everyone says that she's easy and, oh, you play Mercy, like, you know, that's, you know, it, it's not impressive or whatever, but it's, eh, I don't know, I feel like that's so weird to me that people think that she's easy and if you think she's easy you try it you go out there <laughs> you get into these like a gm 4400 or whatever lobbies and you try to do it see how well see how far you get i i've said that i would probably pay to see a dps player to try and unrank to gm with mercy solo queue only mercy and see how well they can actually do because some of the dps players or some of the players in general that pick up mercy that say oh she's easy they literally look like they're flying around with one wing like yeah. it's just <laughs> she's not as easy as you think she is she's really not low skill floor high skill ceiling well wait, where I... do you guys think let's go ahead evie so on the um does she fit in as a mercy pocket i could talk all fucking day but i will try to be concise um i think first of all what's a pocket <laughs> i think that's the most important question what is pocketing i think people misinterpret that a lot i think pocketing is more like your your default role on the team is to blue beam your dps that that i would say would be pocketing right um and that that's the that's the thing you default and primarily do. I would say that's personally that's pocketing. I've always advocated for the dinner dash playstyle of Mercy. That's most enjoyable. That's most effective in my opinion. Um, dinner dash playstyle would be say your teammates are dinner tables and you are waiting each table <laughs> evenly. You're trying to make sure that everybody's needs are met. You're trying to enable each person on the team to do the best at any given moment. Um, I think that my most satisfying matches are always the times where everybody felt pocketed. I love the times where like my teammates would, I would have four people say thank you for the pocket, and then they're all looking at each other like, wait, wait, you got, you felt like you got pocketed too? It's like, those, that's when I feel Mercy has her most value is when everybody feels like they're being kept up, everybody's getting their needs met at any given moment, monitoring, hey, that person's having a skirmish with another person on the other side, I can enable them to win that fight and then go back and help my, my tank win that 1v1. You know, you know in enabling differences is what I thrive and I think Mercy thrives in general, um, but I think the the lowest skill denominator is the blue beam on a DPS, which is why it's kind of the it's kind of like you've always had that you've always heard that conversation of swap to this character. Oh, well, I'm not good at it. But then that person, if if they're telling you to swap to Mercy, they'll be like, oh well, it's Mercy, right? 
it's that view of like, oh, and the saddest part is they're not wrong in regards to if they're telling you to swap to damage with somebody. They're not wrong. Anybody can just damage with somebody. And that is that is the the low skill floor. And the way I like to put it is that like you get 80% of mercy for 20% of the effort, but you gotta put in 80% of the effort to get that last 20%. Um, is how I like to put it when it comes to like effort and skill and learning and decide and and decision making, right? Um and so with that being said, I as if Mercy has beams, I don't think she'll ever lose the potential for being a pocket playstyle. It's just a matter of where she gets the most value from as a character. And so as long as she gets Oh and DPS. Oh. Oh back. no, how long you back, you back, you back, you back. <laughs> no, no, um, you back. Yeah, my... okay. Just the last yeah, sentence. So... So like as long as um as long as a DPS is powerful enough that pocketing them is the meta, then pocketing will always exist as long as Mercy has her beams. And so it's almost dependent on how much crazy value do you get. Like say when Sojourn in the Alpha, pocketing a Sojourn was crazy, right? And now I think it's just it's evening out overall. And I think that's like the it's Mercy is a character that's that mirrors the value in her team a lot. So the value in her team is like dependent on so many aspects. And so it's less about we're we're focusing so much on the conversation on mercy, but I think a lot of it has to do with circumstance like the the beauty of mercy is so many dealing with all the unique circumstances that you're put in and uh, adapting to each of them. And I think that's why I think that I personally hate the pocket style, but that's also because I think there's a beauty in pocketing somebody for a few seconds and pocketing somebody else for a few seconds, but it depends on like how you feel pocket that's just doing your job then at that point right that's not really mm -hmm. pocketing and so like that's why I, I struggle with the term pocketing as a whole in general and what you can see how it's like there's a lot of different views of relating to this that have to get out in order for my opinion on pocketing to fully be explored but i think you get what i'm getting at overall hey guys seb here just gonna quickly interrupt this episode of the group up podcast to say that if you're enjoying this content, then please do consider signing up for my Patreon to support me directly. It's really amazing because it allows me to keep making content like this carefree, regardless of how many views Overwatch does or doesn't get. I know no one likes sellout ads, but chances are if you've listened till this far in, then you're at least somewhat enjoying the content. So please do consider at least leaving a like, a subscribe, and a comment underneath the video on YouTube. It really does help. But that's it for me. Now back to the discussion. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's a place of real fascination. And if you guys wouldn't mind, I'd love to just kind of delve into it. Because I'm sure, you know, we can, we'll definitely get back to talking more about like, okay, what tangible changes could we make? And, you know, where are we going with 5v5? Blah, blah, blah. And the super jump as well, we haven't mentioned. But this is also, I think, a place of real interest. Because already a couple interesting points you made. You know, one, at one hand, you were talking EVA about like, often with Mercy, it's about like pocketing another character who's also badly designed. And, you know, the two of them together or something. And then there's also this potential of when a hero is actually kind of busted then the mercy pocket on them feels really busted, but that's actually the due to the hero, the first hero. And now a third idea as well, which I kind of wanted to bring up in Somnus, I will definitely let you chime in once yeah, I, said, I, I, I finish this up. Which is that what's interesting is that pretty much all four of you have kind of said, yeah, that pocket playstyle, like I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's good. Like I, just, I don't, none of you seem to kind of say that it was objectively a good way of playing mercy. Seems kind of suboptimal, especially if you're going to play on your own and you're going to try and climb. 
So in some ways, is it kind of this red herring, which, you know, almost like this false evidence that gets banded about to say, Mercy's easy, uh, you can climb so easy with Mercy because look, you can hold right click on one DPS. But of course, that's a very niche and exclusive playstyle only available to those who are actually pocketing someone who is already a very good DPS. And for the average Joe working Mercy, it's just, you know, it's not a, it's not a lifestyle available to them. So Somnus, go ahead. That's what I wanted to say. I think, like, I saw people in chat mention Moth. Overwatch League in ladder is not comparable. Competitive play, as in uh, contenders, Overwatch League, even like uh, Tier 3, is not comparable to average ladder. Like, if I was playing on a team with an Overwatch League DPS who's on Echo, I'm holding right-click on him as much as I can because I know he is good. If I'm playing ladder and I get an echo and it's Jimmy Butterfingers that I don't know, <laughs> I am not committing as much on this person. You know, I'm not risking my life like just playing Bonnie and Clyde with this guy because I'm not sure. Like, I feel like it is so much easier in a competitive environment where things are like communication is clear and where you can trust your teammates to actually do their jobs to like play any character like more efficiently but especially this like blue beam style of mercy can be played way more efficiently in that in in that kind of environment in my opinion like you're more on your own in the latter environment and <clears throat> i i like evie's uh dinner style like how she said that like dinner style thingy like uh normally on ladder like i will pocket the dps but like you know, if I see my Ana struggling, I'll switch to my Ana and I'll heal my Ana until she's won the fight, so she survives. And I'll go back to my DPS, pocket the DPS, until I see, oh my god, my Reinhardt is in danger, I'll go help him. You know, the extra healing beam from me might help him to get out of the unscathed. Like, um, only tunnel visioning on one target is the kind of pocket style that most people despise and that I personally despise as well. Because, like, it's just, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know, Maybe maybe I'm the... I'm the force that is giving, you know, like I want to, you know, like I want to, I want to win these team fights. I don't want to, I want to, I want to help my Ana. I want to help my Reinhardt. I don't, I don't just want to hold right click on, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. does that make sense? It doesn't yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would give an example of some of my, and you three might agree, some of my favorite matches in early Overwatch were uh, defending two CP and I had five DPS on the team, <laughs> like balancing between five DPS players is probably one of the most potent examples of balancing between each of their needs and getting a lot of value from res, et cetera. And it's like, oh, we got one one healer and no tanks. All right, we're going to lose. It's like, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. Everybody, all, all of you do your own thing. We're winning this super fucking easy, and we do. And like, that's the kind of play style where, you know, I didn't stick on one of the five DPS. Of course not, right? Yeah. You know, like when I'm looking at the I'm looking at the enemy team more than my team to be like, okay, my soldier has view on the Zarya. I'm gonna damage boost my soldier, and then I see, oh, my Hanzo has a view on the Reinhardt. I'm gonna go and damage boost the Rein my Hanzo to deal with the Reinhardt. And it's paying attention to who's getting what value on what character, and then enabling that value. It's not about trying to just always get more value out of a character. They might be just fucking suck on their thumb i don't know you just always got to pay attention to who's getting what value against what character it's like saying um i like there's three people shooting uh, a diva defense matrix and one of them is azaria 
course you're going to fucking swap and damage with Cesaria. That's the just like a very direct example of swapping to who gets who's getting the current value at the moment, right? You know, yeah. Zarya is the one that's actually going through the matrix. No, uh, I wanted to add something else. An another thing like that I use uh, that I really like to do is like help targets, especially on defense, especially when I'm defending on two CP or like other points. Or like when the team fight is about to start, help targets get their ults. Like uh, you don't have to only damage boost your t uh, soldier or like your other DPS. Like holding the right click on your Zen volley so your Zenyata can get transcendence when he's at seventy eight percent or something is absolute big value. You're holding right click on your Zarya yeah. who's beaming them down to like get grab is huge value. Damage boost mm -hmm. your Rhine Fire Strike. Like you don't have to just uh, like the pocket play style. Like in that sense, is like you pocket a character to like you know to their needs that they can get their ultimate, which can help you in the next team fight. Which was a big buff to Mercy is when they added uh, all percentages to the tab menu. I, yeah. Uh, interject really quickly. Go ahead, please, kiss. Um, yeah. Like so, I said, don't be afraid to interrupt. Don't be afraid <laughs> to interrupt. I was just letting them finish first, but there's um, there's actually something that I want to add on to that. Like obviously there are different ways of pocketing like different forms different uh things to do right and i think something though to acknowledge is understanding where your win condition is like what is the thing that is going to cause you to win the specific fight that you're in or that's coming up i feel like for myself uh there was a long time there and still uh, sometimes where I'm trying to do everything, right? I'm trying to pocket my DPS. I'm trying to peel for my second support. I'm trying to help my second support sometimes with like when our tanks are getting really critical. But I think sometimes you have to kind of stop and say, okay, I'm trying to do everything, but is that my job? Where is my value going to, like going into this next fight, where is my value going to come from? What's my win condition? Who do I need to be playing with? Is it more important for me to be pocketing my DPS, who is, you know, either going on the flank or taking high ground or whatever? And if you're doing that, chances are that you're not going to be able to get back to your second support or your tanks or something like that. So I think, you know, in that case, if you're on as in danger, do you think, oh, do I go back and like, help her even though it would take me some time or do i just commit and just let her die as long as we win the fight this is which i think yeah. is something to consider too so yeah absolutely and it's actually just listening to you guys talk i just kind of had a random riff and i don't know how valid or not this is but you know evie you mentioned well back in the day i enjoyed five dps you know it was kind of gave me a, something fun and dynamic in a way, we've seen kind of Mercy's options get limited twice, right? From uh, no roll lock, where you could have had five DPS. Not that I don't think people are necessarily saying we need five DPS for Mercy to be best, but certainly it allowed potential options for they could run this comp, that comp. I can pick targets a bit more freely to 222, where it's like, okay, well, now it's two quote-unquote DPS who are supposed to be the people I pocket, to now 122, where there's even, you know, less potential options, especially when you're a hero who I think will agree is that a hero whose who's output at the end of the day is limited to their team. Like you can't necessarily generate more output than what your team will. You can only amplify it. You can't necessarily generate it, right? So when your, when your output is, is 
you know predicated on that when you now have one less player so you know the day that your two dps are garbage you now have that less option of a tank to go to as well is that a potential nerf to mercy in some way oh absolutely and i think the the example i would give actually in another moment that was a blip in overwatch in overwatch's history is a uh, 132 that experimental that experimental i think if 132 became a thing i think mercy would have been so fucking good i think that like 132 was so satisfying to play where the tanks were stronger you had 3 dps and things there's i've always felt like have you ever felt like svb like as playing mercy where you're just like neither of my dps are doing anything not not that that lack of skill but that they're not in the right position they're not in the right position they're not they're not shooting at something they're they're like our tanks are off to the left actually in the action right with three dps it just always felt like i always had at least one of them to help all right always one of them to enable and i think that then with that keeping in mind now that we're in one two two absolutely i think that the limited targets to fly to the limited targets to boost um you know i think this comes back to my favorite meta of all time was um triple tank i loved a uh, zarya rhine hog soldier on a mercy where if you think about the targets on the team all five of them benefited from swapping between where you saw roadhog get a hook damage boosted you see the reinhardt swinging on reinhardt damage boosted you see the zarya breaking shield damage boosted you see your your ana back then could two shot with damage boost so you da you damage boost your ana if you see your ana taking shots at an enemy support right so all five of those characters were good damage boost targets and that's where i thrived and uh, granted also back then um if ana needed a tank i could get valk i mean not valk i could get a uh, mass res in 15 seconds and so <laughs> my team my team was never down a player because i would tempo res right and tempo resing is a a lost uh, terminology considering now with 2.0 every res is a tempo res right where you're keeping up the tempo of your team and you're you're keeping things flowing in a consistent tempo whereas instead uh, uh you know many mercy players back then would view it as a, a pause in the track and then resume it's like no keeping up the tempo is really good and healthy for your team right and i think and i think that's like an example of how like there's the one of the most fascinating things about Mercy is truly the depth that it just goes not talked about, and the amount of 100%. not just depth but as well as different play styles. Because you can see well, we, all all of us have different views. Exactly, yeah. we've already seen evidence of that. I was just gonna say we've already seen evidence of that with all the way the way you guys all talk about your own kind of nuances to it, and you each bring like a really nice thing that you know i'm sure i certainly never think about when i'm playing mercy or many people in chat or listening who will not think about oh yeah i could damage boost xyz at this time to do this and that the other so it does prove that theory but um i kind of want to let somnus or neandra chime in if they want to about just the idea of there being you know one less person and, and has kind of the lack of flexibility of comps disproportionately hurt mercy over the years especially now moving to 5v5 Neandra, I'll take it to you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, the thing is, a lot of Mercy mains will just, like, will force Mercy every game, regardless of what the team comp is. So, um, I don't know. I, I do want to say, though, I did think that uh, EVA's uh, dinner dash thing from earlier, I thought that was really, really great. 
and I do I do especially love that and I think that is like that's really good yeah we need to make that a thing the dinner dash mercy instead of the pocket mercy the antithesis to the pocket mercy Somnus what about you um so to me uh wait can you just ask the question <laughs> sure i mean so you know evie was talking about how you know originally she really enjoyed like five dps and that you know that potential when there wasn't roll lock for there to be multiple dps and multiple different types of comps where you know you're kind of your ideology in mercy could be a lot oh, yeah. more flexible it's it yes. has that kind of limited over the years now there were two yes. two and then one two two you know what was my favorite comp svb go ahead Four DPS ball mercy was my favorite. <laughs> it was that was, really good, huh? that was my favorite. Of that one, so much, so much movement. Everyone on the run. It was my favorite. I felt like I was, I don't know. Like I think someone I saw a comment like years ago, and I was like, "Hey man, that really like that. That's perfect." Like someone said, they felt like a bumblebee on crack, just flying between these people, like <laughs> trying to keep them alive. Yep. And I was like, yes, and it was fun because like my brain was like constantly stimulated by like everything yeah. happening. Like I could fly around, like hold a whole right click there, hold right click here, heal this person, heal that person. Like it was uh, more dynamic. I think that's why I like five v five a lot because like I felt like like it's so much faster than the gameplay that is currently on Overwatch One. Right? That's why I really enjoy it because in um one mercy 40 ps and a ball mint you were on your own just like it kind of feels like now in 5v5 you know like you ha you need to be more self-sustainable you need to know what the fuck you're doing you need to know how how your movement works like escape uh escape your enemy you need to know how to get verticality at like certain points and like that was the great thing about mercy 40 ps and ball it was a lot of fun and so you don't so you don't feel at all like you're more restricted in 5v5 if anything you prefer it i mean i i prefer to overwatch one because i i as i said like i, I play a super aggressive playstyle and like the the 5v like the 5v5 format like allows me to play super aggressively so to me personally it's just way more fun because i can work more i guess i can make it work more mm -hmm. so I prefer it, but it is not, and it will never reach the same feeling as Ball, Mercy, and 40 PS ever. That's like that's something that's just not gonna come back. That's the same thing about Mercy Five Men Res. I got top 500 with Five Men Res, and I it wasn't like I was waiting and hiding and waiting for five people to die and went to rest. No, in the middle of the team fight, two people are down. I go rest. And we keep it up. We keep the fight up. Like I don't wait for everyone to die, and then go in and rest. That was, that was often not the thing. Like um, that was more of a thing I felt like in lower elo, where people don't look around for you when you're hiding, for example, or like where you just, where just everything is a little bit more clunky. In high elo, that was not the thing. Like I, like most mercies, rest one person, rest two people, maybe three, but like you rarely saw them like actually purposely waiting for five to die. Unless, I don't know, unless you knew they had grav and you don't have a defensive ult yeah. or something. I mean, coordinating dying to ults was more important than... It's like the joke of uh, every die on point, but it was like less about dying on point and more about, hey, let's... Just die now. Let's, it's play in, let's play try in Zarya's face yep. to try and bait out grav, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I, I will say I agree with everything Somna said 100%. Um, and, and to clarify, I actually 
as much as it does limit Mercy's options, uh, I do agree with Samus that I think I think Overwatch 2 is better be simply because of the one less barrier, where I feel like I, I almost feel like the fact that it's one tank allows you to, when you do enable your tank, it's more impactful as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I, th I think there's a lot of nuance there. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to add is, um, hate, like I said this in Skies, this video that she released today, a lot of hated comms that like usually don't work in Overwatch 1 because you don't have as much sustain, like Mercy Brick and Mercy Lucio works perfectly fine in Overwatch 2. I enjoy Mercy Lucio. I could, <laughs> I could rip off and break Lucio's legs in Overwatch 1 whenever I see him on my team. <laughs> but I love him in Overwatch 2. Okay, it's fun to play. Mind you, I would argue, like, I would not consider myself a Mercy 1 trick. Like, I, I love, I mean, I'll switch to break. I'll switch to Lucio. Like, you know, if I have to. Like, I'll even play Ana. But in Overwatch 2, I feel like the concept of one-tricking Mercy is a little bit easier because she just works more with many comps. To be honest, is that to, a sentiment you agree with, KST? Or at least, or yeah. at least, I would say, or at least in, you know, uncoordinated letter play, it works more. Which is all we say. have at the moment, sadly. So, to go off of that, I will say that I think in the first video that um, I made in regards to like how Mercy was in the Alpha, I think I related playing her in that 5v5 uh, environment to kind of how it felt playing like 4 DPS ball mercy like that was probably I see that was the most ASMR sound ever <laughs> holy thought... fuck oh <laughs> well stream won't have heard it because I muted my stream audio but you guys got a little taste of it sorry oh my God. <laughs> I'm eating um... spring rolls I'm hungry okay <laughs> Yeah, so I I basically said that 5v5 playing Mercy in that environment was as close to, you know, Ball Mercy 4DPS as when it, you know, came around. And I do think that 5v5 is the better environment for Mercy. I've been saying this hands down, 5v5 is better than 6v6. She just works better. It's a better environment for her. But I, and yeah, even with the hated comps, like... I, every time I get a Lucio, a little part of me dies inside, and I feel it. But in Overwatch 2, it's like, you can make it work. It's more adaptable, right? Like, it's just, you can play it better. It's not ideal still, but it works a lot better in Overwatch 2 than it does in Overwatch 1. Like, that environment, in so many ways, is just better for her but i do think that she needs a little bit of love still and um you know which i'm sure we're not talking about this yet but is why i kind of ended up growing to like the super jump ability and the more movement that it gave her uh the like increased mobility more options better like potential for survivability like it's why i enjoyed that because it felt like there was at least a little bit more that you could do for yourself in that environment. Yeah, I mean, this is really, really interesting. And again, I think what I'm getting is, is, is really a nuanced issue, as is everything, really. But sadly, as a YouTuber, that doesn't do me any good. I, I need I need clickbait titles. But, <laughs> you know, in the one hand, we're saying, well, the lack of one player creates some lack of flexibility, potentially, for Mercy. But on the other hand, 
the comps are themselves more flexible, right? Or at least at the moment, we don't. Maybe it'll be different. Maybe there'll be the double shield of Overwatch Two will be hard meta when they release comp. But certainly, as we've played it, we've played so far, it feels that like you can run more things viably, and you know you can one trick more viably if you wanted to, and even a comp that's otherwise considered suboptimal is actually you know it's okay. It's not so so bad. So. That leads me nicely, and even the nuance on the playstyle as well. That like you guys all had such nuanced playstyles. None of you were saying just just do this one easy pocket, one simple trick to climb the GM. So that does bring us nicely to the super jump discussion as well, which is that it kind of caused a lot of stir. A lot of people had very you know I would say you know binary opinions on it, kind of one way or the other. But I, I gather as well, just from what I've consumed passively of you guys' content, that. It actually is a bit more than we may, maybe thought at at first. Like it does a lot more than we thought at first. So, who wants to kind of jump in on the on the super jump? No pun intended. Neandra, you kind of flash. <laughs> so I'm taking it to you. Sure. Um. So initially, I really hated how new super jump felt. Like my immediate reaction was like, "Oh, this is quite clunky." But the more I played with it, the more it really started to grow on me. And I think most of the downsides to the new super jump are just quality of life stuff that can pretty easily be addressed. And um, I think it was Ski who mentioned this in, in one of her videos, is that you can still access the old method of super jump. And as long as that old Crouch Guardian Angel is still in the game, then this new one might make, what was it, the words you would say, uh, might increase her skill ceiling, I think is how you described it. Yes, which, uh, I did. Yeah, which I very much agree with. <laughs> Um, yeah. The main, go ahead. The main downside, I think, is just like the lack of control with heights. I think is like the main thing I would want to change with this new super jump. But um, being able to super jump without reaching your target because you can do it from any distance, I think, is just it's so it, it's very very powerful. And also, I think it's a step towards making Mercy's movement more independent. And. Uh, revolve around teammates less i just actually i should quickly for anyone who maybe isn't aware who's listening to the podcast what actually happened which is that the super jump mechanic has been changed and for those you completely unaware obviously in overwatch one and early you know at some point in overwatch people discover that you could do this weird little thing with mercy where when you're garden aging towards someone if you press crouch uh, at a certain there's a couple inputs you have to put a certain time and you can shoot up into the sky very you know it it feels unnatural, but now I think to you guys it's like a second you know second nature. It's kind of like walking to the to the good mercy players. Well, in Overwatch two, just before the beta ended, they added uh, they made that a lot simpler. Basically, they made the the process of it a lot simpler. Where any point during Guardian Angel, you press Control, and boom, up you go. Uh, and, and and this and unlike the original Super Jump, this didn't have to be done at a very set distance. It could be done at any point during the Guardian Angel. So that's created some ramifications. And yeah, so I just want to quickly say that. A lot of people's initial reaction was that it's low, it's making the hero easier. That it's kind of like letting everyone super jump. This is I have to confess, this is my my initial reaction as well. Was like this where I was like, why are they doing this? Because I saw the blog post the day before they did, it and I was like, uh oh, they're gonna they're gonna change super jump to make it uh, an input, aren't they? They're gonna make it really easy. And I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a good mercy player. I don't I don't deserve access to super jump without having learned it. So it felt like I was bypassing the. Uh, the skill gap to to meet the hero but again the more i've kind of seen you guys talk about it the more it feels like there's much more to it than that so on that note eva why don't you take us on your thoughts on the whole thing nope not taking this one <laughs> okay somnus uh right so first thing I, first thing i want to say is like 
I don't think people realize how many times Mercy Mains had to change the way they played their character because she got changed so many times. We had five men res. We had uh, instant res. Then we had instant, re instant res where you had to res first and then pop Valk and then res first. And then we had, no, now you have to pop Valk first and then res. And then we had, hmm, maybe you should not res at all, but like pop Valk and then, you know, go for a har uh, harder res. Oh, well, like Mercy got changed a lot. <laughs> Mercy definitely got changed a lot. Like out of all heroes, I would argue probably the most. Like it got changed a shit ton. Like that's the first thing. So another change when i saw another change to like an ability that i've gotten used to i was like kind of upset i was like oh man you know like for the past years i've been like doing it this way and now i'm changing it so i was upset at first i gotta say the positives is the independent movement at ne as neandra said and the fact that like you're like less predictable because good players by now know how mercy super jumps a good genji knows how she shoots up in the air a good Genji knows how far she goes, you know, for example, and I like, can catch her with a blade or something, obviously. So this gives her like less predictability in how she moves. What I miss is, I think it did lower the skill floor, like uh, just being able to just use that, like a little bit, like the, 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 way, like, the fact that you can just super jump like that with a simple cancel lowered the skill floor. It, it it definitely did, which and I don't think is a bad thing. It, huh? Which I don't think is a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing, but it it's it's frustrating to the effort put in to the people yes. who. It's I basically think... the fact that yeah. the thing that we put in to that get the most out of mercy for so many years at the top end, just sunk to the bottom and is now accessible to the bottom end. And it there's a level of it feels unfair, but at the same time, it's kind of just like. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is the, this is the gripe, though, isn't it? Is that it kind of it bypasses that skill, pro, like the learning process again. It's kind of like you spend hours to learn this thing, and that's why that's how you get good at hero. And so now it's like everyone can do the thing that probably would be the definitive, at least from my POV outside looking in. It's probably what I would say is the definitive thing of Mercy's at, at the highest levels is not just their decision making, but their movement. So adding this thing that kind of just simplifies the movement for the new person hopping on or the guy who's like, swap to Mercy, it's easy. Does that kind of rankle with any of you? I mean, uh, so the thing, not this is the part where I would actually toot my own horn. I, I haven't been using Super Jump for years. I, I, I don't use it. But I think that these three would agree my movement is still very noticeably way fucking above average without it. Um, in fact, I would still argue I'm still probably in the top easily 50 mercies or top 20-ish of movement without super jump. And it's just there's so much depth to the, all of her movement without that one ability. But that I completely understand the amount of effort that it went in and the amount of perfection that went in to perfecting a bug, right? And it, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of respect is, is worth putting in to those who perfected it and that's why it feels all the more disheartening it's it's bittersweet i would rather say it's bittersweet where it's like now we have it part of our kit it's good it didn't take away the old version but now the the fundamental basic of a super jump is now accessible to everybody which i think is for the better 
but again bittersweet for those who put in the effort yeah i i wanted to add a couple more things before i end it there i was gonna say that um the thing that it took away uh is super jump rest which is like really hard to pull off even for really good mercy players i'm like but it, it it's just so good if you like get off a nice super jump rest since we don't have height adjustments we can't do that another thing is like it's really finicky but like uh sometimes you can make it work uh is backwards guardian angel i think instead of making super jump more accessible like giving us tools or like some kind of way to like make a finicky ability or like buck like backwards guardian angel or like super jump res more accessible and fixing the bugs that come with Guardian Angel in particular would be better. There's so many bugs. <laughs> like, there's so many bugs with Guardian I Angel. To, like, I do have to say, it's kind of one of the most... Uh, I feel like a devil's advocate in this case of, like, from, from a developer standpoint, it's almost frustrating of just being like, damn, Mercy players just, like, want all of her bugs fixed, but then they're like, wait, 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 keep those bugs, keep those bugs. That, those bugs were good. Keep them, please. It's like, it is kind of frustrating that just, like, we're like picking and choosing of just being like, ah, yes, this this is. But the is that not what a player keep. experiences? You know, you're like, well, these things are actually beneficial, so you can keep them. But these things are just making our lives uh, worse. So take them away. Yeah, and 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 see, like I I get I agree with that. In fact, I advocated to Jeff Goodman to keep uh, GA gliding back when it was a bug, and now it's the most pivotal thing to her movement in the entire game is GA gliding, and that's uh, that GA gliding is what uh, Super Jump is built on. Um. And so it's just, it's interesting though, but it's just like, yeah. I, I, there's a part of me that is just like, I want the bugs fixed, but also, damn, we are greedy as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Also, last Go ahead, thing, this finish, yeah. Last thing. Uh, if you, if you, like, what I loved is, I, I this is going to sound stupid, but I get stuck in doorways a lot. And like, if you crouch in Guardian Angel, Mercy flies a little bit low on the floor, you know? And it helped me a lot to not get stuck somewhere. And like, the, I can't do that anymore. And it kind of bothers me because I get, I, I realized like when I played the last two days, I got stuck in places I normally wouldn't get stuck because uh, my default guardian angel is the crouch guardian angel. If I need to super jump, I'll press jump. If I don't, I'll fly low on the uh, floor because I don't get stuck on things as easily. That's what I miss as well. But I like the independent movement as Neandra said. So there's pros and cons i feel like it's Kesty, we haven't uh, really heard from you in a bit so uh, you go ahead yes um okay so initially i was kind of with neandra on the wow i hate this literally if anyone goes to my stream that day you can see how much i just outwardly hated it completely and how like kind can of upset why? that i was that they did that because it it felt clunky for me. So basically, and this kind of ties into what I'm going to talk about, but my binds are Guardian Angel onto Shift and then Crouch onto Control. And the way that I engage that is by just like the tip of my pinky is on my Shift and then to Super Jump, I press down my second pinky joint to be able to press them at the same time. And doing that with the new super jump ability felt really clunky and awful. And it like you had to time it differently and it just felt really weird and gross. And I was really like, I didn't want to change my keybinds because like all my keybinds are kind of used for something else. And I was like, well, it feels weird to put it on control. It feels weird to put it on alt. And I've got like 
other stuff on my mouse button, so I don't want to change any of that. But I found out that when I was making my video on Super Jump and all of it, I did some exploring on it, and I felt it was like two in the morning, and I felt so smart when I figured out that you could still use everything from the new system and everything from the old system. So you can do crouch GAs, you can do super jump reses, you can do V super jumps, you can do the old super jump. And how I ended up doing that was I double-binded crouch to both control and to my mouse button. So I would engage the new system on shift and control if I wanted to do immediate super jumps but to use anything on the old system or to super jump like halfway through an initial guardian angel, then I would use the mouse and kind of treat that as like, you know, these binds are for the new system, these binds are for the old system. So they didn't take away any of her tech or anything like that. They gave her more. So not only do you have the new ability, but you have the old, all of the old techs as well. And I think something about that that really intrigued me was that, you know, everyone was complaining, oh, Mercy's even less skilled now. Like, I thought she was interesting because, you know, she had this thing where it, it actually felt like fun to use or whatever. And honestly, I had more fun using the new super jump ability and felt more impactful than I ever did as, like you know, with the bugged super jump, like, I could pretty much stay in the air and do things like counter mines, or I could, you know, juke out Genji blades even more effectively by, you know, starting super jumps earlier, or, you know, just however I wanted to do that, right? I just felt like there were so many more options presented to me, and so many more things that I could do in response to situations that just felt so much more engaging and just more impactful for me like oh i don't know where my train of thought was going but so, so what what i'm yeah. getting from this is that it, at least correct me and can anyone interject if i'm wrong but it feels like it's kind of both lowered the skill floor and raised the skill ceiling at the same time but, that's where which, i was going yeah, and which is, you know, Sorry. one thing that I admire about Mercy players in general, and you guys are perfect examples, is that you guys are, Mercy players are so resourceful, right? Like, you, you know, you guys have like the tiniest things and you squeeze and squeeze all the value out of it that's physically possible. Because that's how, you know, you have to do. That's how your hero kind of mandates that you behave. Same if for you Doomfist. Wanna, yeah, like <laughs> Quaked on in chat, Doomfist is the same. You know, like, it's a lot of like squeezing value. And, and I think that's true of every hero in Overwatch. And you kind of, you find ways to, to min-max aspects of the character primal juggling another example where no one really thought that was a thing to start with but you kind of figure out and you min max it a lot of people's issue because it seems like most of you guys are, are kind of at least fine with it a lot of people feel like well could you not have made mercy a higher skill ceiling hero without also lowering the skill floor if perhaps the position is well is she not maybe already the easiest hero in overwatch do we need to make more of her kit also easy and I feel, I think people, it kind of lends into what we spoke about earlier. People feel like, oh, well, she's such an easy character to get into. And now we made even more of her easier to get into. It feels for some people, particularly in the metal ranks, like, oh, well, why should I bother learning, quote unquote, harder heroes, at least in an accessibility point of view, when this easy click hero now has Crouch Guardian Angel as well? 
I mean, I think that implication inherently implies that a lower skill floor is a bad thing. I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm -hmm. Well, or is, it, is, it more the, is it more the value floor from the skill floor as well? I guess is is the argument, right? Like the value you can get from a from a low skill floor hero versus, obviously, you know, I I think any barring any absolute idiots, no one would say they shouldn't be low skill floor heroes. But I think the argument or frustration from people is, well, yeah, but the value you get at the skill floor is so much higher than the value you get at the skill floor of other heroes. I just uh, again, I'm so fucking opinionated here. I'm st well, I so the, the the lingering skeleton in my closet is I still hate super jump fundamentally. I think that it is a very high value ability on a two second cooldown that can be unpredictable. Unpredictable in I mean, even Metro was complaining about it. Being able to do it at any any point is actually it's good for the mercy, bad for predictability which Overwatch is about predictability and you know you know if if a Genji dashes unless he unless he aims at the floor to do a short dash you know how long his dash is right you know the like those kinds of interactions where you know like things that work unpredictably while RNG is frustrating unpredictability from a player makes it frustrating at the player right and so i just think in general I mean, the fact that you can go as high as a Farah jump jet every two seconds, crazy. You can fly it to any person. You can, uh, like, people underestimate how, like, as much as you can with the new super jump, it, I, the fact that it's a reliable jump height, cool. But, like, heroes like Reaper, I guess, good luck. I guess got to swap off Reaper because the Mercy is super jumping, right? Like, that kind of shit of just, like, is this good I feel that pain design? as a Reaper player. Yeah, <laughs> is this DPS. good design? Is this... Is this a good thing to have in the game? And like, as much as I want to, again, be like, this is why it's like, people are like, oh, you got, you, you have like a bunch of Mercy players. They're all biased. It's like, hi, doesn't, hello. <laughs> I fucking Andrew, hate it. You, you Sorry. Kind of, go ahead. Doesn't, doesn't this already happen, though, in regards to heroes like Farah and Echo? In what really? sense? Well, you know, maybe. You, you know they their like... max movement speed. With Mercy, uh, okay. with Mercy Super Jump, she accelerates like zero, <laughs> zero to 30 meters per second back to 5 meters per second within an, a 0 0.8 seconds of time. Her acceleration mm. is fucking crazy. And even that itself is another aspect where I think the acceleration upward needs to be slightly nerfed. Because I think it's just so fucking it fast. It was very fast. Like, the, those, these are the kind of the nuanced things of like, my perspective here, as much as it's fun as Mercy, is constantly, this is fucking frustrating to play against. Right. Skiesti, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but Skiesti, I feel like you've been kind of, you know, you've been. I see some essays in chat, and I feel like you've got thoughts on this that you want to get out. <laughs> well, okay, it's just because I'm reading chat, and it's like, I'm so sorry. It's actually so frustrating to see people being like, no, it's like, you know, why would they have made it easier? And now she's like more unfun, and like, why would they change this part about her? And it's like, okay, well. You know, I'll, I'll read the thing that I said in chat <laughs> and the thing that I was about to say. But, like, super jump is a vital part of Mercy at this point for her movement. If you don't know how to super jump, you're at a disadvantage. Like, you can still make it work, but it's going to be much harder. So lowering the skill floor to allow other players to be able to use that ability is, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't take away from her skill, it just makes one part of her easier to use. But that's not a bad thing it's a good thing yeah. because whether you realize it or not and i didn't even realize it initially at first but for <clears throat> for people on like console it's 
a little bit more difficult to super jump. And for people who are, um, as was kind of stated in chat, but like not very good uh, dexterity wise, like that kind of thing helps them out so much. Being able to access this part of her kit that they previously physically couldn't, like that's not a bad thing. And even though they made super jump easier and more accessible to do. Well, I don't even really want to say easier, I'll say more accessible, because I'm not sure easier really applies here. Like, yeah, they might have lowered the skill floor to make it more accessible, but it makes her skill, like, ceiling much higher, because she now has two different systems to master instead of just one. You have to learn how to do the new tech in addition to all of the old tech, and you have to be able to switch between them very well. And the whole, like, Okay, well, why is she getting this? Well, in 5v5, as I stated earlier, like, Mercy felt lacking. I didn't want to specify why exactly that was, but even as, like, I don't want to do my own horn or anything, but I'm very good at surviving. My Desperate 10 in most seasons is literally under 4. Like, it's between, like, 3.5 and, and, like, high 3s, okay? Like, I, I really don't die that much, like, at all. And to switch to... Overwatch 2, and for someone like me with such a low death stat and such a reliant, like, a, a reliance on being, like, in environmental cover and relying on yourself more than your team, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about comparing stats, and I don't want to do that, but, like, do it, does, it, it does the Chatsky, does the Scaffer, yeah, don't, anyway, don't sorry, worry about for a bit. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's like, it's switching from that to 5v5, and even someone like that having a like somewhat problem feeling too vulnerable feeling too exposed feeling like you can't keep up feeling like it's you know you're not getting healed you're you know it's it, like this combination of things where she has a problem keeping up and finding her to be lacking and even just this change in super jump it helps her to adapt better it helps her survive more it gives her increased mobility it gives her more options in how she wants to counter people like dives or you know like ultimates and all this other stuff and it gives her that freedom to be more predictable like it opens up so many pathways and for people to just be downplaying that as like oh it's just easier now like it's it's nothing it's you know it's why would they do that and it's so boring now like no it's not you just have to like look a little bit further beyond that so here, here's the duality though because again this is in many ways mirroring what we've already talked about earlier where it's like well people think mercy's easy pocket hero but they don't appreciate that actually to get good value out of her you have to do all these other things and actually the pocket is suboptimal if just kind of blindly done it feels like in many ways we're having the same conversation here where you know you're talking about well look at all these windows of possibilities that open up but i really think that people's gripe isn't really even about the the what the what because me, what metro uh what evie's referring to is that metro kind of made a public complaint that he kind of drew this very you know budget illustration of like well previously and those of you who are listening on podcasts sorry to sorry to be, be you but visually there's a mercy in the center and a soldier on one side so the mercy uh in previous super jump there's only one point at which she can shoot up so if you're the opposing soldier you kind of have a rough idea of this is where she's going to start but obviously with the new super jump the lines are all over the place she can super jump at any point so that's one frustration right where metro is saying okay it's opened up for the highest tier when I'm, I'm calculating everything and predicting everything it's opened up a whole can of worms of problems for me which is what evie was talking about as well yes but i think what the average players from what i gather is talking about is like 
that's fine. I don't care about that. What I care about is for someone in gold, someone in plat, like it's already pretty easy to sit on Mercy and get more value than a gold plat Ana. Now you're given this, this essential part of her kit on a button press as an Eevee talked about, well, it's like a far, you know, rocket at, you know, two second cooldown. That I think is what rankles with a lot of people because again, they feel like, and to some extent, look, here's the truth. Some hero will always be the easiest to get value at the skill floor, right? There, Some hero will always be that. I think people feel like that's mercy and you're upping that even further with mercy. And that's why I feel like people's complaints are at, at least largely. Uh, like, I think one thing about Overwatch that's always been a thing is how crazy strong and big verticalities in that game. Like for FPS to have that that much verticality is crazy. Like like it's insane. And uh that's why playing into Echo and Para, especially with a Mercy Pocket, is so hard, right? Because of the verticality. So that's why Super Jump is so strong, because like you abuse the verticality and you abuse the fact that it's so much harder to like hit vertical shots than to hit horizontal shots, which like most FPS usually have, you know? That's like one thing about Overwatch that I personally really enjoy, like the fact that there's so much verticality in the maps, you know, and on heroes and many heroes as well. But this is uh, like what Metro said with the unpredictability. It's a problem because <laughs> I think I mentioned it before, like a good Genji will know when and how you can super jump uh, back, uh, like up, right? So instead of, uh, you know, blading you and trying to dash you like that, he's going to dash forward to to the target you're trying to super jump off of and then da dash straight up like up to you because he knows like the only place you are even able to jump is like at that distance so it just uh it makes it very hard <laughs> i mm. feel like it makes I it i feel very, like very i hard. feel like you know you guys want to chime in so like i said go on and interrupt neandra keep seeing the icon flash like you're <laughs> trying to say something um, I mean, one thing I think is really important to keep in mind is that, like, is the mechanical execution of Super Jump really the skillful part, or is it more the timing? Because, like, let's be real, it's not really a secret tech anymore. I think you could easily find players in, like, silver, maybe even bronze, <laughs> that know how to do it, and they'll probably spam it the entire match, you know, even if positioning behind the scene would be safer. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think that's worth keeping in mind. I, I want to pick back on that because I've been thinking about that constant. Like I've been like one of the most like one of the most heated opinions I have on this is that it is bad game design to make it to where your highest skill players have to change keybinds in order to play at the highest skill. It is bad game design, flat out. So that so as much as I respect Ski for changing her keybinds all over the place to make this possible and make both possible. You have to realize, Ski, that's bad design, right? Oh, yeah. It's, I it's hated enjoyable. doing it. Yeah. I hated so doing it, but I wanted to be able to access and see, like, what, yeah. a, you know, using the two systems was capable of, which it's, it's capable of some really incredible things. But it's not like I want it to, <laughs> but exactly. I found a workaround. Which is why I'm, I'm saying I think we need to improve the new one slightly in a few different ways. Slightly nerf the acceleration, maybe add a way for a uh, variable height, and then gut the old one. Because I think that right now, in general, if, if something requires either rebinding of keys or some secret thing that's still not explained, it should not be in the game. That's just flat out. Because it's like, 
you also have to keep in mind the amount of people who, again, as somebody in chat mentioned, and I've talked about this for years of disabilities, Overwatch is very good for people with disabilities. And that's why when they re reworked Symmetra, I was incredibly sad because she is Symmetra was somebody that a lot of people who have fine motor control issues or disabilities, the lock on beam was great for them to get value on a DPS character. When that was removed, suddenly they didn't have anywhere to go. And so while on like a game design decision or like a balance decision, that might have been a good rework. But considering you have the person like with Symmetra being a representation for autism and uh, those uh, on the spectrum, you're then making their representation and gameplay representation now only a vague story rep representation and they can no longer play. And so this is the case where Mercy is a character where tons of people with disabilities play for because of her simplicity and that now we're still talking about how it's good that we have both, but it's like, it's also just like, is it though? Is it like, I want to fight for the best version without trying to wrap together the old stuff um like so like i think i think we should get rid of the old super jump like I, the problem is also i'm just such a nuanced views of like, no no i agree with you I, I want res removed i want super jump removed and then it's like what mercy, what does mercy have it's like think of the possibilities that's the point it's like i don't think res is healthy for a first person shooter i don't uh, especially on a cooldown if it was it was the best version that we could potentially have of it if it was an earned ability, and then like it doesn't happen immediately, or like then like the fact that damage boost is free, uh, free damage is damage boosting in the game itself a good design? I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think so. Free damage boost is pretty fucking powerful. You know all these different aspects of like I am the biggest fucking mercy nerd that loves mercy that hates mercy. There's so much to her kit that's just not good, but it, that it does that doesn't mean it's not fun. I love Mercy so much. And so like this is why it's so frustrating or just being like ah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is where you're true to your word because you like you said you 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 both love and hate Mercy and you kind of said many times like I got too many opinions on this because again it's kind of like someone someone watching and be like so you hate damage boost, you hate super jump, you hate res. What part of Mercy do you like? You know, like someone's going to be like, "Well, what do you do?" But of course I think that's what's really, again, fascinating about Mercy is that she's this hero that's gone through so many changes, that there's so many nuances and play styles that often are un misunderstood, and yet she's also so popular. The fact that we have four, you know, very well-known, if I can say so, Mercy One Tricks, or initially known as One Tricks, sorry, I don't want to use that disparagingly. <laughs> I know you guys can play more than Mercy, but, you know, that you're Mercy player. You're famous for being Mercy players. And you know, I, I probably would struggle. I think Violet was in here earlier saying that this is great. I wish we had a, a great Brig debate. But it's like, well, I can't think of four Brig one tricks, right? Like, or Brig players, right? So it's like, it's again, part of this very complex space that Mercy has. Um, but yeah, I mean, Somnus, you agreed. Skiesti, do you kind of have anything to feedback off of what EVA is saying about, well, this sort of love-hate relationship with a lot of this kit? Oh yeah, I mean, like, for me, here's the thing. I, I love Mercy. I wouldn't have over 5,000 hours in the hero if I didn't love her, but she can be so incredibly frustrating to play for a variety of different reasons, and, you know, when it comes to her kit, I mean, her mobility is a big part of the reason why I play her, why I love her so much. Personally, uh, I think that Rez has a place in Overwatch. I don't think it's really as much of a 
you know, big thing as it used to be. But I think in 5v5, it just doesn't feel as useful. It feels like even harder to pull off, and that doesn't feel good. <laughs> like, it feels much more punishing to the point where it's basically not even usable. Bring in some history here. That reminds me of, um... So Mercia 1.0, she got a various number of, uh patch fixes that I, uh, uh band-aid fixes that I call them, where Val uh, uh, mass res was just very complicated um, in various ways, where so she got a various uh, patchwork fixes, and I could, I could see the writing on the wall that they were working, they were trying to make these patch fixes before 2.0. I could tell that they were trying their bet, like remember when you stopped being able to res and spawn, they added yeah. uh, <laughs> immortality to the res. They made it instant. They made it, uh, you can uh, GA instantly after res, which is still my most missed thing about Mercy is being able to GA after res. But the point being is that that was a key thing that I talked to Jeff Goodman about is that they made it to where she was invulnerable during res cast time was because he uh, he noticed it was too much of a suicide ability. It, you would res and you would die. Then it was cool. You got your five teammates up, but you're now down one, right? And so I think it's now coming full circle to where in Overwatch 2, as he is saying, is you have one less person to appeal for you. You have one less person to protect you in general. Um, and so rezzing is now very vulnerable again. And we're at the situation where it's like, we can't really give like Mercy a way to like have invulnerability because like it's not an ult. You're not trying to get off an ultimate, you know, right? It's a risky ability, right? And so I think it just amplifies further that it's a fucking powerful ability, which is very, very fucking high risk, high reward. But it's it's feeling like the reward is is feeling less and less tangible. Very interesting point. Neandra, Somnus, either you want to feedback on it? I, I don't really have anything to add, but I do think it's very interesting that this is how we're feeling, considering before we got to play Overwatch 2, there was a lot of fear that Res would just be fundamentally broken or just super OP. And now we're like, eh, it's, it's okay. I just think that's very interesting. Well, that's, that's I think, true of Overwatch 2 in, in every way, right? Like, and there's so many things that we thought and that just turned out to be flat out wrong. I mean, earlier we were talking about people actually grouping up a bit more, at least EV position and people are grouping up more. I certainly think it's more important in many ways in, in 5v5 than even Overwatch 1, which is the opposite of what we thought. So it's just great having a, a game with so many different things happening. But Somnus, how do you feel about sort of everything that's been said, the idea of that kind of like love-hate relationship and, you know, some aspects of her kit being while you use them, you kind of like, I don't know if I really want this to be a thing. I mean, as I said, like, I made Mercy a playstyle for myself that I will always enjoy, you know? Like, uh, no matter what changes come and go, like, uh, the playstyle I'm playing is always going to be a playstyle that I'm going to enjoy, and I personally feel like I'm getting a lot of value out of. People are going to disagree, going to be like, oh no, you need to damage boost more, oh no, you need to do this more. I think uh, I'm having fun. It's I'm still playing at the same elo as like people who maybe have 500 more damage amplified than me and don't have as many limbs you know and i'm having fundamentally more fun so to me i like it the only thing um and i agree with this is res uh is not giving me any satisfaction <laughs> at all it's like kind of eh, you know i think either 
take out res and replace it with a different ability or make it less risky by making it instant again. But then it might become broken again. So again, there's a lot of testing to do. Like there's like that's that's what I'm thinking at least. Well, on that note, do any of you guys have any sort of ideas like that that you're like, I think I would like Mercy to go this way in Overwatch 2 that you haven't expressed yet that you'd like to? CST? Uh, I know Evie's smiling, so I'll come to Evie after. Yeah, mine will be really quick because I, I've never felt comfortable giving balance suggestions or potential changes that I want to see because I'm not a game developer. I'm not going to pretend that I have any clue how anything that I would potentially do would work. So I, I mostly just stay away from that kind of thing. Fair enough. Neandra, because again, I know Evie has some. So Neandra, do you have any? Um, there was the whole uh, less alt charge from healing, more alt charge from damage boost that I mentioned earlier. Um, the only other thing I can really think of is maybe increase the time it takes for her beam to break when your target becomes invalid. So uh, if you're Mercy and you're beaming someone and they go behind a wall, it takes 1.5 seconds for the beam to break. Maybe increasing that to... Fuck. <laughs> 1.75, 2 seconds three seconds if you want to be really spicy um i think maybe doing that would be quite interesting because it would it would synergize with the roll passive and it would also give uh more like prop bounce opportunities which i think could be very interesting i'll give you this neander i've clearly never heard somebody suggest modifying that number (laughs) from the other side from the other side where people people would say well you're just encouraging her to be even more away from the fight which is again mm. part of what people people's frustration is like. Well, she's not even participating. Well, I mean, it's not like it's not like it's Anna where she's getting like immense value from being LOS and it's pivotal on her being LOS. I, I don't know. I, I I see what you mean, SVB, but I think it's like one of those things where it's like, I mean, as long as Beam is on, that is that is her doing her job, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel it's like that'd be beneficial for her because it helps her keep up more. So, because I saw a few people suggesting that you should give her like. You know, if your beam is on a DPS target, then she should get their movement buff or whatever, which I... Mm. Eh. But I like Neandra's suggestion actually quite a bit, thinking that beam will linger a bit more so that in those cases where uh, it might be a little bit harder to keep up just because of their passive, like, might not be yeah. bad for her. I mean, the, the, with Mercy, she's the type of hero where just quality of life changes can make her immensely better. Like like the the different stay connected. The different uh the different sensitivities depending on beam or or pistol or if we had direct individual keybinds for swap beam, fly to target or fly to um or fly to beam. If we had actual keybinds for each of those, it'd be amazing. But it's like it's it's a case where she's also like one of the most not only is she one of the most deceitfully so nuanced characters in the game she also has the most hero specific uh settings you know there's so much to her that like is all over the place and i think that like i'm 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 of two minds where it's like i think she like of course i I want the fundamental complete fucking rework of this character but at the same time i think we we can there's so many small things that are genuinely small that can make her better feel better and like just overall get a lot more value um 
And it's 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 interesting because like again Neandra's point of the the potential three seconds uh, beam break, which by the way I thought it was two, not one point five. But um, but yeah, it's like I've never heard that suggestion before, and it's really interesting to think about. I think it has a lot of potential. Well, that's what's fun about you guys, like Mercy Mage. You guys just want you guys want just more like options in your you know you're just like the the nuances of your character right it'd be like some you know like a tank player would be like i want 50 more armor and i want thing. you guys are like can i get another setting that lets me ga like this at this time or <laughs> ga like this at the other time like that's that's all i want i just want another setting so i, I do really appreciate that about you guys but yeah evie do you have anything you wanted to mention before we kind of move topic uh in, in terms of things that you would want you know what's this can beams not disconnect during Valk? That'd be great too. Oh, that's <laughs> that's what I know you guys have wanted for a long time. ML7 yeah. implemented that in his experimental, and then for some reason they didn't put it through. It was so, was so beyond there, me. So it's, he didn't implement it. The reason why is it it was functioning differently. The thing uh, the thing with Valk on the E was that it wasn't a transformation ult. It was activating the different nuances of Valk. So. The reason why it disconnects is because it's a transformation ult, and that transformation is a cast time. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's why we currently have it. it, and it's reminiscent of in the OG days. Um, something subtle that uh, I did that I, I initially didn't even realize, but when people po po pointed it out, I was like, "What the fuck?" And they fixed this. But um, back in the OG days of 1.0, if you had toggle beam, activating res didn't stop beam. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Used hold, oh, it did the beam. Uh, they patched <laughs> that out, unfortunately, but I did certainly enjoy that benefit for probably over a year. But it's a single example of how like her history is so vast. Her, the amount of changes she's had is so vast. The nuances are so vast, and it's just like there's so much to say. And I and I will just I will never not have things to say. Um, but I, I think that just like in general. I think, for example, one of my ideas for Valk that I gave two years ago is now even more important than ever. Of, I think these three could agree. Uh, it's it's simultaneous. While I've, I while I'm contradicting myself by saying people are more clumped up, oftentimes they're far. They're just far apart. They're they're clumped up toward GA isn't useful, but split apart enough to where chain beams feels very rarely impactful. I feel. Um, and so, like, you know, one of my ideas was, like, I think that instead of making her, oh, congrats, you're spectating, everybody has beam ult, uh, everybody has their beam chained, and you're, it, the minigame is just picking the best person in the middle of the crowd. Like, that's the minigame you're playing in Valk, really. Um, I think it would be much more impactful if, say, we had um, damage boost go down to 25%, and then in Valk, uh, you have single beam target, but it, your, both your beams are doubled in effectiveness. So you have the you have the option to to switch between people for a fifty percent damage boost, and then you have like buffed healing. But it's not that you're buffing. Yeah, that's not that you're healing everybody, right? It's not just a glorified AOE of your beam. Now it's a it increases your decision making moment to moment, right? And so like that's an example of like I I think that 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 would actually be even better in Overwatch two than when I originally thought of it, and that I think that would then be balance out her overtime um, benefit outside of Alk. And I think there's so many things I want to say. Um, <laughs> one of the, one of the biggest issues too that I think people don't talk about is like 2.0 was a fucking flop. It was a fucking menace. It was too powerful, and now we're ended up on a skeleton of what it used to be. So not only have we tried to change our playstyles, but it just feels terrible compared to what it used to be. 
And that's not our fault. That's just because it was so powerful for so long, right? And like 2.0 set out specifically so that she would do more between ults. And guess what we have now? The only thing we can do between ults is a 30 second cooldown. Congrats. Wow. Like it, it, it's goal that it set out to do is a failure. And now so many aspects of her kit that were originally less intrusive, like are now more hindered because of the amount of nerfs that they had to do to the character, right? And so like, I... these are the kinds of things that are just like, yeah, I'm Go just ahead, wrapping up. Like, this is like PV. I actually have an old Val clip that like every time I look at that, I'm like, this is what we lost. <laughs> like, it's insane. Like how much we've lost, like how crazy strong and impactful Valk used to be. Like, um, if like the only thing that was bothersome was that you sorry, could guys, like. I kinda... let, sorry, I just want to quickly let Evie finish because Evie saying yeah, yeah. she was going to finish up and then we'll oh, have this discussion. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. I, I just got reminded. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Keep that you know, on the pin on it. Yeah, I mean, I was just finishing up as well, just being like, God, it's it shows like the breadth of possibilities for her, as well as simultaneously what we have is still a broken version of a past attempt at a, re at, at a rework. So it's less about she's not a viable now because, like, I mean, obviously it's an opinion that it's a broken version of a past rework, but what we have now is a skeleton of a past attempt to rework her because of her issues, right? And so we're just back in the same place of, well, now we don't have much between ults, and we feel like Valk is a spectator ult, and yeah, which is why I champion well, pivotal changes. Well, yeah, it's actually this two interesting point. I, I want to left on this. I was going to say is what's interesting is that when you guys were you know reminiscing about your favorite metas, none of you mentioned Moth meta, but that's probably the one that people are this most terrified game is my are most terrified of. But yeah, so let me let Somnus explain. I'm pu I pulled it up on stream, Somnus, to so go ahead and describe why you brought so, this clip up. So like first of all, like the value that res gets the value that a long valk gets the value that an instant res gets like it's just crazy how much like you could do in in 20 seconds or like like it was like just insane like this fight was won because we double rest we i mean we did graph but i feel like even without the graph it would have been one like moth meta was incredibly powerful and i think it was because of uh because you could chain res in a way where you could, I think, res three or four times. Four until... times in 21 seconds. Yeah. So that was the insane thing about it. And I think if they had just tweaked around that instead of completely butchering it and making it disgusting to play now, it would have been great. <laughs> it would yeah, have been great. We don't even have res again after Valk. Like after yeah. Valk. Yeah, and again, this is just so what's so fascinating about Mercy. There's so many... Again, there's so many branches here, and you know, one question I want to ask for. There's another topic that you guys know I want to cover as well, and we've hopefully I've not taken any much too much of any of your times, but but this is so fascinating. Again, so much to talk about. I honestly feel like even as someone who's not a Mercy player, I still find so much fascination in this discussion. But like, what do you guys think is essential to Mercy? Because you've all picked at you know different parts of her kit. Like, so what is the one thing that you would say is kind of defining of, of Mercy? Movement. 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 <laughs> <laughs> move, 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 ski SD. Well, yeah, uh, my answer is also movement, but that goes along with like obviously when you think movement, what else goes along with that on the back end is like your survivability and 
your um, positioning. But yeah, base the base is movement. So like Guardian Angel or, or you know, obviously Eevee, you yeah. say you don't really use Super Jump, but like Guardian Angel and Super Jump, presumably? Yeah, Guardian knowing Angel. how to mm. use her different techs uh, interchangeably and knowing like when's the best time to do it. So yeah, it's it's pretty much all about her movement. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Yes. Have you ever played like a Mercy, you know, like a Mercy Guardian Angel Super Jump like Parkour? <laughs> isn't it interesting how many different kinds of ways there are to like make use of her movement like that's the great thing about her. have you ever because like that's no the great I, thing. I don't think i have i mean i i i actually suck at super i can't super jump in or watch one yeah, so that, yeah, this but is like, the they thing have, like, like, i just yeah I just they have don't. like yeah but they have like little explanation they were like text that i didn't even know i played do, i know? see i'm so this is the thing this is what's funny because a lot of you guys are like it's so easy i i've played like neandra's trainer and stuff for super jump and i still fuck it up regularly this is why i'm like <laughs> i shy away from playing mercy because i'm like I, I i'm just gonna die bro i'm just gonna guard I, I an angel probably, and fuck like, it up we could we could look, do like a session like i feel i i have a i have a video on well, youtube i, I appreciate like, it but now that they've made it nice in one button press in overwatch 2 i don't i don't really need to worry i can super I mean, jump whenever i want um, it was so fun though yeah i mean it's just it, again it is so what's it's what i admire the most about mercy players is the, is the sort of uh, the depth that comes with just the smallest aspect and again the super jump is, is initially why i was upset where i was like why are you taking away this process of like learning all these little prop jump bounce wall jump super bunny hop you know like all these crazy things that you guys do so that was that was my take but you know unless there's anything else anyone wants to add i do want to take it to like a more community aspect of mercy because we oh kind of oh my god i wanted to ask you if you wanted me to like say something controversial here you know i mean it up you say whatever you feel like so i'm <laughs> oh, you want so to stir point, it up Say you whatever know, you, you know, feel like. So can you know I can I set you, the scene up? But yes, unless you want to, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Set, okay. set it up. So, um, you know, I think this is a sort of elephant in the room, and I'm sure Mercy players will will concur with this. But I there was a tweet from Tesla recently saying that <laughs> um, basically they think that Mercy receives disproportionate hate because people think you know the perception is that the player behind the screen is either a woman or LGBTQ+, right? And I've, I've said this so much in, in a video as well at length before, and I do think that Mercy probably gets a disproportionate amount of hate for who is perceived to be playing the hero. And it's very entangled with legitimate criticisms of the hero. And of course, you, you guys yourself, you've all said like you have love-hate relationships with the hero and there's aspects you dislike and, you know, do like. But it's definitely, I think, a complicated but a... A valid area to bring up and i wanted to obviously get your guys' opinion as players mm. who experience this so somnus you go ahead mm. i know skiesti you've yeah. had recent Wait, thoughts I... on this as well <laughs> yes. really quickly really quickly before somnus goes i just want to say on that note of like tesla's specific tweet i'm just saying for example if you know, a female Mercy player had written that same exact tweet, do you know the increased amount of hate and pushback they would have gotten on that compared to whatever oh. was, was in Tesla's comments? Like, uh, incredible. It would have been so different. The difference between that tweet and the tweet that Tesla made night and day, even though they were the same tweet, it would have had completely different response if I mean, it was a female Mercy general, that tweeted yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to say as well, like the video that I made, like I, I, 
I was like, you know, some people in the comments were like, thank you for making this. But I feel shit when that when that sent when I read that, because I know that had it been a female player making the, the video I made, there would have been a lot more negative comments. Not that people didn't send me death threats and stuff. That's that's standard or, you know, YouTube stuff. But it's I mean, it's just case in point of the sort of, you know, conditioned misogyny, as we might call it. But anyways, I want to let Somnus speak. So Somnus, go ahead. Yes. So let me start off like this. Um, the reason why I play Mercy is very simple. I saw her, she speaks German and she's pretty, you know, she speaks, she spoke to me. She has wings, she's blonde, she's beautiful. She's cute. Like I want to play her. It's the same reason why I love playing female enchanters in League of Legends. They're pretty, they have nice skins, you know, like it speaks to me. It's a, like, uh, you might call it feminine. Yes. It's a very feminine aspect, I guess, but I love it. Okay. I love, I love that. And I think. This is where the problems start, because in League of Legends, there's the same problem, as I mentioned before, with Yumi or like other enchanters like Soraka or, you know, I, it's always assumed that, that a woman or like uh, a feminine represented representing person is sitting behind the screen playing this character because that character is so, is so girly in quotation marks, you know, like, you know, it's such a feminine character. And I think another thing that is <laughs> the same issue with Yumi is like... Mercy is a very sexualized character. And I don't just mean in terms of Overwatch porn or something. <laughs> I mean just in the way she is. Like, let me explain it to you. Don't look at me like that, Evie. I know one of your usernames, okay? I'm not going to mention it. I'm holding back saying a lot right now. Hold on. I'm just thinking. I am, no, no, I am no. not. I'm oh no, no, no. I feel, I feel like a lot of people, like, especially, like, men like kind of like over like sexualized like the person playing mercy you know and and sometimes people want like i i mean i'm not gonna speak for other people like like i personally don't want to be like you know like sexualized because i'm playing mercy like oh mommy hold me on the leash like it's funny but like if like people sometimes go too far you know like it goes too far and like i don't want to be sexualized for playing this character it's the same with yumi because like oh baby you can only pocket me okay because you're sitting on me with yumi like that's that's one of the reasons why i guess the pocket style is both hated and loved and i feel like especially by men because they want a mercy pocket for like various reasons, but at the same time, they hate Mercy Pockets and they behave in like a really <laughs> sexist way towards Mercy Pockets. Like, 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 look at that slut holding right click on that guy, you know, like shit like that. Like, this is not like a one time thing. Like if it's a, if it's a man on Mercy pocketing his friend, fuck it, whatever. If it's a woman on Mercy pocketing her friend, nah, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't work to them. Like, it's, it's a crazy concept. I want Neander to talk, and then I have a fucking verbal essay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, my thing was, uh, I, um, well, I'm pretty open about being non-binary, right? Um, but I am, I am assigned female at birth. So some people hear my voice and they'll be like, oh, why are all Mercy players women? And, you know, it's kind of, ugh. But I, I don't like to make a fuss about it. Um, I did like a sponsored Mercy video guide for Blizzard like two years back, and like the comment section, I think like Instagram was especially bad. <laughs> it was it was like a mess of like 
people just arguing about my pronouns. Like, if I ever do anything notable, my pronouns will come up. Uh, and then it was like, obviously, all the stuff about Mercy being like easy and stuff. And it, it is a lot, TM. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my perspective. And Ski, do you have anything else to add before we let Evie just go off? Um, I'll let Evie go off first, and then I'll probably go off after her. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, we can start off by your sample size. Congratulations. You have four women who are all queer. Two of uh, one's pan, one's bi, one's non bi. Well, wow, I'm fucking hate myself. <laughs> you, Sorry, don't worry about I'm it. so. Okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. Okay, okay. Yeah. You get the point, though. And I'm, I'm trans and a lesbian. And so it's, it's, we're, we're stereotyped to hell and back um and we we gotta go back we gotta go back in time here the there's so many different thank you shadow where there's so many different aspects where the things to track backwards is the fact that misogyny in general has impacted the view of men go to war women stay at home right so then we have the situation where video games competitiveness shooters that's then it's it's a boys thing. So then we have women growing up being their their brothers are playing the 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 shooter game and then them asking, "Oh, can I play?" It's like, "No, this is for boys." And so you have these generations of women who were not offered the same access to these video games. And then we have generations of men who have for a decade plus played FPS games. You know, they, you know the amount of CS:GO players that came over to Overwatch initially, right? Uh, or TF2, etc. Or Call of Duty. And we have the situation where Overwatch as a game with representation and a vast cast of characters draws the eyes of everybody, right? Yes, Shadow. Um, <laughs> so you have the situation where women are playing Apex, oh, first Overwatch, then Apex and Valorant for the first time as their first shooters. But Overwatch especially when you have this culture where you have a game where well the one that doesn't the you haven't played a shooter before and you want to enable your boyfriend well then play mercy and it's it, it's it's women are then like pigeonholed into the mercy character because they don't have prior pre-existing skill because of misogyny in the first place and so it's 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 a gigantic social global thing because of just in, in, intrinsic societal views thank you shadow uh, i think i don't speak cap general. i think that's a yas in cat form <laughs> and so with that being said then you know there's other aspects where mercy's very identifiable like somnus was saying Mer like mercy's attractive you know you want to play characters you identify with then like i view it like i think i love how mercy's like a caretaker character you're, you you caretake you enable people your your job is to to do your best to enable those around you and i love that and i and i think that that also speaks to then why there's so many gay men who play mercy because for those who don't know um like you know each additional child a mother has they're 33% more likely to be gay and the the evolutionary explanation behind uh gay people is that in the in a community gay people would be the caretakers um so they would help 
everybody. They would help caretake all the all the children. And so, like the, I would say that there's a level of averaged out higher maternal instincts in in queer people. I would say, um, and I think that that translates anecdotally across the board to where Mercy is a very character that not only do people identify with, it's easier for the for the demographic to get into and as well as it's identifiable. And so I think that there's so many different uh, aspects to this and why people play Mercy. But then as well, you get that stereotype of lacking skill. They're on Mercy because they lack the skill to play other things. And so you get not only the misogyny of assumed, the majority of the player base of Mercies are women, then you have also the uh, assumed if they're not a woman, they're gay. I mean, hell, I had a gay community of men in my community before I came out as trans that were all trying to get, get in my fucking pants and they were all like like all this kind of shit. And so like, it, it's like, yeah, I, I know the stereotype because that was my community, right? And so like with that being said, it's, it, it's just so deeply rooted in things beyond the game, right? And so while Mercy herself is a character that is enjoyable in the low skill floor and whatnot, I think it's then it speaks volumes that this is how she's being treated over time, um, and so you know I, I and I think that God, there's so much. It, it's 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 just very telling that this is where we are. But I'd say that Overwatch was the stepping stone game that then Apex came afterwards, and I'd say I've never seen so many women play an FPS game uh, in general. And then, uh, and like getting into honing their FPS skills, and then Valorant came out, and those same women who honed their FPS skills in Apex are now, I would say, the most progressive game we have as far as women playing an FPS game is Valorant now. You know, there's so many professional women in Valorant. It's just, it's just how it is, right? And I think that to an extent, we loop back though to the perception of lacking skill, then pressures people to continue playing Mercy. You know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're either on Mercy and you're a shitty player, or you play something else other than Mercy, and then they're like, go back to Mercy, right? And so there's so many women who play DPS nowadays that if you ask them, they'll tell you they started on Mercy. A huge amount of them started on Mercy, and that that it takes so much mental fortitude to to break out of that mold, but you have to then, regardless, receive a barrage of hate and harassment for doing so, right? And so it is a never-ending vicious cycle that we're being put in of just cert like societal circumstances, right? And it's just, it's interesting how mercy has become a hot pot of all of these different things, where just all this is thrown in as factors. And we can just say it's like, okay, like why does mercy players get so much hate? That's a lot. It's a lot to talk about, right? It's 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 such a simple thing of why do Mercy players get hate? And then it's like, I've thought about this for a very long time. <laughs> There's so much to this. And so, it, you know, it's even funnier because like, you know, when I came out as trans, as a woman, and then people are like, ah, see, now you're now you're properly playing into this stereotype. <laughs> and it's it's like, it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess. But that's like, it's more that like, I... I mean, it's funny, too, because, like, I played COD before Overwatch. People are like, oh, did you play TF2 Medic? It's like, I've never touched TF2 in my life. Like, I played COD. I was the person doing 200 kills and four deaths. Like, I like I love that shit. But at the same time, Mercy's just so great. And 
completely unrelated, like related to this specifically, but the previous of like, what is mercy? It's like beam movement and the subtle sleeping like bear is her passive health regen. And that, that was like something that I loved because I came from Call of Duty and I was like, wow, the passive health regen is natural to me and mentally. And it's just so funny to see how it all intertwines for me personally, but then elaborates to a broader perspective of like, yeah, identified with Mercy, especially as somebody who, you know, before I came out and in the friend group, I was the mom of the group, right? And so it was even easier for me to to play into that, right? And so it just seeing all of this play together is like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it is the way it is. But it's good to see that in future games now with Apex and Valorant, especially, it's getting better, right? We're, we are rapidly accelerating improving the perception of women in gaming and especially in FPS games. And it's just that it's sad to see that the Overwatch community though is lagging behind that because of effectively Mercy will always be the character that if you lack first person shooter experience, you go to that character if you want to play Overwatch, right? Which is both amazing and a bad thing, right? Because bad from player perception, but also good that Overwatch is so accessible, which is why I was so sad when Mercy lost, uh, when Symmetra lost the lock on, because that was one less character that was accessible, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like all that wrapping together is like Mercy's a beloved character, but also a hated character, but also as with a uh, as with men in general, they sexualize what they hate. Um, you know, trans porn is one of the most popular porn demographics, and you know, racial porn, and then now. Ironically enough, people just uh, love Mercy so much, and Mercy's like the most popular Overwatch porn character, etc. And it's like, it's still just reminisce of we get sexualized against our will in matches, no matter yep. what. <laughs> yeah. Um, can, I, uh, can I just say that I love the way you're speaking? Like, uh, I was really scared of like being on this podcast because I'm the only one who doesn't speak English as my first language. And like, just listening to you guys speaking in like a really eloquent way it kind of comforts me as well and i also don't do educational content and stuff so i just wanted to thank you guys for like making me feel comfortable here so like yeah, yeah. it's great mm. to hear yeah i mean this is yeah. this is what you know people say when they say representation matters right i think i think a lot of people yes. who don't understand that or people who perhaps have always had representation get confused when people say that because they're like well why do you need to see yourself in this character like why does that matter without i think appreciating how much that goes into everyone's choices whether conscious or subconscious you know again i i, I want to let somnus talk not myself so it's somnus because you said you know you gravitate towards mercy because she's you know looks great and you know that's yeah. a totally valid reason yeah like I, I mean it's the same with me in league of legends characters like i think it's a valid point as well like i i love like, I, I love women, and I love pretty women, and I love women with wings. And I was like, wow, I love, and I love movement, you know? Like, so I was like, wow, Mercy, like, perfect for me, you know? So, like, I think that's a simple reason to play Mercy. And um, Evie spoke about a lot of things that were in my head, but I just couldn't put into words properly. But the, the thing that bothers me the most is, like, we get pushed into playing Mercy, but at the same time, like, we get told to swap off Mercy, and then if you go something else, we get flamed for being, oh my god, like, you should be on Mercy, you know? And, like, this whole thing is not just a Mercy problem, it's, like, just a misogyny problem in Overwatch in general. Like, 
Use no Deku or like barcode, for example, like one of the few like oh, women that openly play DPS and like they're, they're facing issues like Deku, especially like there's people who are like, she's a woman on DPS, like she can't be that good. She's boosted, blah, 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 you know, shit like that. And I love playing with them. You know, I love playing with them because like, like they face so much shit for like just doing what they like and like from being like, like from men trying to force them into uh into a box that they don't feel like they want to be in you know and that's that's completely fine like it's it's really hard for them as well like in general and um same for same for ta women on tank like it's the same concept like it's like oh you you know i like you can't play tank like you should be on support or like shit like that it, it it's complete it always happens also like when you just... speak in comms and be like, yes. oh, there's a woman, that's why we're losing. Yeah. <laughs> like, And usually the time you're speaking up in comms yep. is to try and pull it around. Yep. Also, another thing that I realized, because, like, I wasn't in, like, communities before. So, like, in the Overwatch community, one thing that I realized and that I was, like, kind of, um, how do you say it? Like, that I kind of did myself and feel that I was guilty of, you know? Um men and their selective misogyny you know like they're sexist towards you because you're a mercy but like their friend or their girlfriend who's on mercy that's okay they're great because like they're they're friends you know like they have an emotional yeah, they're connection and their dick yeah like it's like no for real like it's so crazy how like if they yeah, the don't yeah if they don't emotionally or sexually feel attracted to you how they like automatically treat you shittier you know like women's rights but only women's rights if i feel sexually or emotionally attracted to you in some way or like if i have a connection to you you know and it's crazy because i feel like it's also like a breeding ground for internal misogyny you know like because they make this woman like feel so different and separated from other women that she is starting to like you know, get into this, like, really toxic internalized misogyny, like, issue, which Girls. I've never seen before, because I wasn't part of a community, but it's rampant in Overwatch, like, fucking rampant, like, mercy means attacking other mercy means, internal misogyny, very often driven by that. Yep. yep, 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 yep. I believe the term for this is the Madonna whore complex, uh, where a woman is sort of... Uh, uh, this Madonna figure, if she's if she's chaste and pure... But the minute she kind of openly expresses her, her sexuality, she's a whore. And the Madonna is for you. The whore is like, you know, what, what isn't yours, basically. Yep. Skiesti, do you have anything you want to add to this? Uh, yeah, so kind of I'll, hmm. I'll talk a little bit about my own experience. So, you know... Before Overwatch came out, I played League of Legends mainly. Uh, my only experience really with any kind of shooter, and I don't think you'd even consider this, but it was Fistful of Frags, if any of you know that game. I played that sometimes. It's some game on Steam. And like that was pretty much my only kind of I exposure to like FPS games in a sense. And again, I'm not even sure you could call that an FPS, but I got into Overwatch in the beta because of mutual friends of mine that were really excited about the game and really wanted to play it, right? There were six of us, and I was the only girl in that group, and 
I ended up being on sport most of the time. And because there were limited sport heroes, I, you know, Mercy was, I think, I think I played Mercy and I played Lucio. And if you actually look at my season one, I think Lucio is more played than Mercy by like a hair. But <laughs> yeah, I gravitated towards Mercy because I loved her movement and I loved how she has that self-regen. So I didn't have to like rely so much on someone else. I could, you know, pretty much fend for myself. And I liked that. And so I carried on playing Mercy and I never really thought much about it because I was like, okay, this is the hero that I like to play and this is what I like to do. And I... You know, for a while there, I definitely one-tricked her, although I will say that I see myself more as just maining her now, but preferably playing her if I can. Uh, but I am still good with other heroes now, and it's... I used to shot call a lot. When I first started streaming, I would fill a lot of the dead air in with shot calling so that I was pretty much, like, always talking. And... I barely shot call anymore. I might do it off stream on my main account, but I very, very rarely shot call that much anymore. And it, it's weird because that was something that I loved to do, but I kept getting people telling me like, you know, I had to step away from your stream, the kind of things that like people were saying to you, like I couldn't take it, I couldn't listen to it. And like, I just, I couldn't, and so I started shot calling less and less so that there was less harassment directed at me, and it's really unfortunate because that was something that, like, I genuinely really loved doing, and so that ended up kind of feeling like it got taken away from me, and whenever you try to speak about it, harassment in any kind of form, whether it's someone slurring at you, whether it's someone making misogynistic comments like, where's your boyfriend, or, you know, you were boosted here by your boyfriend and now you're without him, and, you know, like, it, comments like that and harassment of that scope, you're not allowed to talk about it. Because if you talk about it and if you share it with other people, those people will see those clips and those things that you are trying to share so that you can talk about it and get that kind of conversation out in the open they end up turning it on you and you are the problem because you were playing Mercy and the people who were slurring at you or harassing you or whatever are not the problem because you didn't swap so you were asking for it. And it's just this really weird and awful thought that you can't even share stuff like you know, to have those conversations, because if you do, you've got a victim complex all of a sudden, and you're making everything about you, and you've got a problem, and it's your fault, and it's no one else's fault. And honestly, if you even bring up Mercy in general, and I've said this before, I could post something about Mercy on my Twitter. It could be anything. It could be positive, negative. It could be objectively true. It could be anything. And the replies that I get to it would be absolutely obscene. They would be awful. This community hates mercy with every fiber of their being. It's just, it, it boggles my mind. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. It's so frustrating.
not just Mercy, but women who play Mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if like, you want to go even more yeah. specific. Not like the one thing that uh like like uh I gotta say, getting harassed for being a woman is kind of new for me because on EU no one did that. On EU, uh if people were toxic, they would like just you know, shout out a racial slur or two and then just leave voice. But like, they, they actually never went into the fact that you're a woman. Maybe did. Maybe it's because we don't all speak English that well. You know, like, like I'm going to be honest. It started when I went to NA and I was kind of shocked because I thought like people would be friendlier over there. And uh, I usually always shut the fuck up. Like I was like, OK, I don't want to get into trouble and stuff. But funny thing is, I started speaking up. And like get, getting back at them and funny enough even though they were the ones who would start these things and like who would say really awful things i was the one getting told to oh my god calm down you're a bitch you know like suddenly they were the victims and i was you know i was decimating them because i told them they're maidenless and uh their mamas don't love them and like i'd fuck their dads and stuff like i don't fucking care like <laughs> suddenly suddenly it was too much but like slurring me and like calling me you know things was okay well, you can even be as nice as you want to these people. You could barely say anything to them, or you could just be polite, and you would get told to relax or calm down, and you're the problem here. Like, it just... It, you, you, you could be just extremely nice to them, and it would still be your fault. We truly yeah, Andrew, are misogynic. Neandra, you've obviously you, you've spoken about you know how people perceive your voice to be feminine, and you're from EU as well. Do you have anything you want to add? Ah, uh, shit! I I'm, I'm mostly just listening here. To be to be quite honest, I feel like I get less people being weird to me over my voice because my voice can be quite deep sometimes, and um, I think that kind of goes over people's heads because I've definitely been in matches with uh, people who are softer spoken than me. And I have noticed that like, I will get ignored, but they will get targeted. And uh, generally when that happens, I like, you know, try to try to be on their side and try and back them up and stuff. Probably a compliment, but I wonder, how do you feel about the fact that I think your voice is also just perceived as like a radio-esque voice? <laughs> That's very, it's a compliment, thank you. I, th I think that's, adds to the perception of it that's true it's a, it's a, i guess it's a perceived authority right so, you know yeah. whether con again subconsciously yeah. I mean, which, is, like, which is why it's so yeah. painful because for you know i think have did all three of you used to watch me back in the day i used to i talked about uh, i talked about your voice the other day to you in dms as well yeah yeah uh Neandra? i i think so okay what happens if someone I... says flat out, I hated you, Evie? <laughs> Despise I'd your under, I would be under, It would be understandable. <laughs> I was honestly not really, like, in the Overwatch community until I started streaming myself in, like, 2018. So I think I, I, think I caught a few of your streams here and there, but I mostly uh, was off Twitch a lot until that time. Okay, so I asked for context because... I think, uh, Sam, Nyan, you two probably know how much I used to calm. I was the borderline nonstop calmer. I was shot calling. I was giving random tips to players of being like, seeing a tiny mistake, I would feel free to point it out. 
I would yeah. give people tips. I would help people learn their heroes while they're playing, even if they're a one trick. I I know enough about the game to just say anything at any time, right? Yeah, she was it's, goddess, it's the mercy goddess to the community, like quite literally. Ev like whatever she said, like people would soak it up, and it was like, yes, Evie. You know, like she was just like the the mercy player. Like Evie is the reason why yeah. I even started playing mercy. Like that is absolutely true. Like her word was her like the word <laughs> in the mercy community. Which also adds to that then I was seen as the good mercy, right? So I'm I'm familiar with not only the good mercy syndrome, as well as I was perceived as a man. So that added to it of like, I was the mercy that was allowed to speak up. I was allowed to I was allowed to be the mercy to make decisive calls. I was allowed to mer the mercy to be like, uh, someone's flaming somebody else would be like, shut the fuck up, you're getting no picks, you know, and then they would shut up. Like, you know, that that kind of thing of like, you know, I'd be I'd be able to like defend people. I would be to, able to shot call. I'd be able to say anything I wanted. Um, after I came out, it was just night and day. It wasn't just that I was being treated as a woman in some ways, but also obviously the transphobia and whatnot. But also just in general, it, it's it was the very the basically I'm giving you the perspective of somebody who had the male privilege and lost it. Is basically what I'm saying. Um, you know, I having that male privilege gone it's like i knew it would be gone but the contrast is so severe that i just like just don't really come anymore and that that's actually like looping in back into value on mercy actually is a very important topic of i view skill and climbing on the ladder not as a singular value where everybody has different reasons why they climb. Somebody might have really good positioning but should aim, but they're going to do better because of the person with than the person with good aim because they have better positioning and they don't die as much, right? They can continuously give value, right? Or the person who is really good at ult tracking. That's a huge thing in Overwatch where if you're just good at ult tracking, you'll probably gain 500 SR no matter your rank, right? Um, and uh, all these different aspects of like you can be good at different aspects of Overwatch. And for me, as much as I was good at being slippery and, and cunning and like knowing the different aspects of the game, my biggest thing was I'm I'm right now, I'm 3,500. It's plus 1,000 SR if I make comms. I'm dead ass. If I make comms, I'm plus 1,000 SR because just communicating reliably, being able to be the eyes and ears of the team, being able to say, hey, this ult is about to happen. That's the kind of thing that made my gameplay what it was. And I was able to be the conductor of the team, is how I would put it. And that kind of stuff is just amplified, not only, not only in that was an aspect of a huge amount of my skill, but as well as, um, as, well as that's an aspect I lost because of being perceived femininely. Like, I can't count the amount of times that people have been transphobic to me or sexist to me or et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the one time I've alt f 4 a game, was some dude saying, "Yeah, you need a you need a bluebeam me. I know you want to suck my cock and like that kind of shit and being completely demeaning." And I'm just like, "I'm just not dealing with this. I'm all deforming." You know, I feel bad for my other four teammates, but like yeah, like I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to deal with that. Uh, and so like that's like an example of like I've lost my opportunity to to be as good as I can be because of who I am. And that's rough. And and then looping this into something else of, that's why I'm so excited for pinging. Pinging is going to offer so many minorities the offer to level the playing field in so many different ways. And so, you know, I'm really excited for pinging and I'm really excited in general to like 
put more effort into Overwatch. But it's just sad to think the reason why I'm not putting as much effort in is because of who I am. And right, and so because we don't because we don't have streamer mode, I'm a people just because I have a like nearly a hundred thousand followers doesn't then represent the amount of people that know me. You know, the amount of people that are vaguely aware of EVA is probably over a million, and that's not to boast. That's just word of mouth. And so, like that, the amount of times I get recognized is nearly every match, right? And so people play differently, teammates or enemies. And it's like the fact that we don't have streamer mode is another thing. It's like if we get streamer mode and pinging, it's like. Like people, people, anybody can more av actively be themselves and more actively perform at their best without having to focus on it. But that's also amplified by the fact that Blizzard just does not moderate sexism as well as they should. And by that, I mean, I just genuinely don't feel like they do. And the problem is as well as like, they, they are not at a scale where they're able to, uh, I mean, they're at a scale where they can't punish individuals really right and so what that happens is like somebody might be the most vile person ever to me but that doesn't mean they're going to be the most vile person to everybody right and so they're not going to get banned and so you know i've had dozens of people be like i i say hello team let's let's get this and, and then somebody will just be like oh there's a tranny and leaves voice you know that happened that that's happened dozens of times right and so we're in, we're in that situation where unless stuff like that can be addressed, I don't think we'll ever truly be at a point where we can get past this. But I think that streamer mode and ping are things that level the playing field a lot more and make it more viable for us to be able to play to our potential. And that's just like in summary of what, why it's so frustrating being in this situation that we're in, but we're always trying to make the most of it, frankly, not just because of the tools that we have as our character, but also because we always have to be as resourceful as we can be as queer people. That's just how it is. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, you go first. I was just going to say, it's so frustrating and upsetting permanently being at a disadvantage because of who you are. Like, that, when EVA was talking about that, that's something that very specifically resonates with me because you know, either, like, for me, I'm female, I predominantly play Mercy, I stream, and I'm scarcity. So a lot of people just <laughs> don't like me, and they play differently, and they treat me differently. And it sucks that that is the reality that I end up having whenever I get into a comp match, and the reality that other people also have that as well like i got to the point where i can barely shot call like i used to and that was something that really like was so fun for me as mercy that i could use you know this thing that the character was also so good for and to to be able to contribute like that and you know because of so many variables i can't do that anymore and because of how me and other people get treated and how other people like play in our games we don't ever get a fair shot anymore like it's so frustrating to have to work so hard to prove yourself all the time and to like even be able to just play the game at all when you have these things that you can't change about yourself that for some reason people 
are so against that they feel like they have to throw your games or to harass you or whatnot. And it's just, it's so, uh, I don't even know the right word for it. It Like, yeah. I want to say it's disheartening, but it's just. Soul crushing. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's a good one. It's soul crushing to yeah. like struggle to play the game you love, to play the hero you love, and to have that same fair shot that most other people have when they queue up on ladder because I don't have that. And I know a lot of people here don't have that. And a lot of people in this community in general, whether you play Mercy or not, because of some reason or another, also don't have that opportunity. And it's, yeah, it's soul crushing. Yeah. Um, I think from before what I said about you and NA, I think something changed that wasn't there before and that's why I wasn't getting harassed or anything in EU. I became a streamer <laughs> when I went to NA. That 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 changed. Yes. Like some like I was known on EU ladder and like no one really cared. I was just a woman on ladder. Like it is what it is. But then I was a woman who was streaming and like finding decent success, you know, now they can hate me for being a woman, yeah. for playing Overwatch, for having decent success, you know? Like that's that's the thing that definitely changed. And it's always two extremes, I feel like. Like, either I get, like, hypersexualized, or someone in voice, like, someone is like, oh, you have such a nice, uh, deep, you know, like, uh, the voice. Or, or someone's like, oh, your voice is so deep and ugly. Or, like, oh, you're so ugly. Like, either I'm, like, hypersexualized by them, or, like, hyper, like, like, pointless. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like, so weird. Like, and, like, I also feel like um, if you're a man... And for example, um, you're very quirky because you have ADHD. I got ADHD, so I'm very hyper sometimes on stream. I talk a lot. I say, I say a lot of things, you know, I get confused. People go, oh my gosh, she's so annoying. And I'm like, why? Like, if, if your friend who has ADHD does that, it's okay. But if I do that, like, it's not. Like, why? Like, you know, like, why do you hate me so much for like not being able, like, you know, I can't really control it. Like, it's just like, I'm <laughs> like, you know, like. Like it's it it feels it feels really like disheartening like like <laughs> like just shit like honestly just shit and uh that's why i started speaking up against it because like to be honest like i'm not even scared or like confused in me about the things they say like if they start insulting people on my team or me like i'll speak up if they want to think i'm a bitch they can think i'm a bitch i'm gonna defend myself and the people on my team because if you think you can open your mouth and be a disgusting human being in my team no, like I'm gonna fuck your dad and become your stepmom, and I'll take you into another <laughs> oh. way. Oh. The worst part of this, though, as much as Somnus is fucking based as hell, um, I started speaking up for myself more in the recent time, and especially off stream. In ten ten matches that I spoke up for myself, four of the matches people just went AFK because I spoke up. So that's like the the double edged sword of speaking up is. People just go AFK and be like, ah, oh, I see that it is, and then just go into spawn and stay there. And it's like it is it, for me especially. I feel like it's just it's a lose lose. Is I isn't that the reason why a lot of us are playing on alt accounts? Because like uh, it like like yeah, they yeah yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so hard for me to play on my main account. I mean, I'll speak out I'll speak up on my main account too. But sadly, I feel safer on my main account playing with usually one of my male friends because and bigger friends like if i play with jay if i play with wanted the the same people who usually harass me when i'm alone shut the fuck up because they're yeah, so they scared. know they'll be recorded exactly and you judged know, by their yep. peers yep 
it's also so they don't want to look bad in front of big streamers like J3 or Wanted or Flash. Shows they subconsciously always know what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, but they still do it because they don't view you as a threat and they view you as an easy target. And uh, yeah. Yeah, don't, I don't, don't I forget don't want to aim is sorting the balls. Yeah, I think uh, what a lot of people miss about the thing as well is because a lot of people will listen to this and be like, well, I get harassed too. But I think what a lot of people miss about that is that this is everything that a normal player gets harassed for plus this, right? I think that's what people miss is like, it is in many ways, tragically, the norm to just be flamed to shit every so often when you're playing, a, you know, a competitive FPS game. But the problem is that this is the additional layer. This is the sort of death by the thousand cuts that you guys have to go through, that female players have to go through, that people, anyone who basically is perceived to be a minority and can be identified has to go through. Because it's like these, and you know, the counter arguments always come of like, well, you should just mute them. But it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting to have to fight it all the time and all these additional challenges yeah. on top of the difficulty of the game, on top of your managing a million things, you're trying to climb, you're trying to improve. To have that additional thing is just a is just a barrier, and again, part of what you were alluding to, Evie, about what makes it so much harder for then it's a, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. It makes it harder for women to be prominent when every time they are prominent, they're attacked or targeted. I don't want to turn off my chat and my voice chat because I'm a woman. I want to play the game like everyone else does. I want to communicate and I want to write and chat without getting harassed for the kind of person I am, for who I am, quite literally. You know? Like, I deserve to play the game the same way other people play the game. Yeah, yeah it's been amazing turning off chat. Oh, yeah, my past two weeks have been amazing. Turning off match chat, turning off team chat. Oh, it's been fucking great. Yeah, I can't play with better. match chat or yeah. team chat. I have on to turn off my match chat. Like, I would love to, like, back in, I would love to, like, keep match chat open because sometimes in amidst, like, all these horrible people, there's someone who's like, oh my God, someone is, hey, and I'm like, hi, how are you doing? You know, like, nice people exist. But thanks yeah. to this, I can't even filter out the nice people anymore because unfortunately, the bad people often overwhelm the nice people. So I'm forced to be, like, in my little echo chamber of no match chat because, like, they're, they're, like it's impossible like I, I get so depressed and like so down on stream like I stopped my stream like I can't work properly because the situation is like straining me so much that I can't carry on like entertaining people I can't carry on like you know making myself play the game like I'm it's it's impossible it's crazy yeah. And this is one of those things where, again, it compounds and becomes complex because people have often a negative view of people who don't participate in voice chat or team chat, right? Where some people will be like, well, if you're not, you're throwing, which is, again, or even one tricking, right? It's like, it all it all is part of the nuance. It's like, well, I don't join voice chat because it, you know, this horrendous shit. And again, I one trick because when I switch a hero, I'm flamed for, you know, like, oh, you're a female player, you should be playing Mercy. I mean, I had it the other day, like, I was silent. I wasn't saying anything. This is gaming EU, and these you know, this duo just thought they just you know took a problem with me, and they were like flaming me all game, and I was largely ignoring it. But then towards the end, they started to pull out, oh you're you're an eager, aren't you? You're boosted, right? You should just go play. I was playing Ana. They were like, you should just go play Mercy. Pick Moira. Pick a character that can't aim. Just pick a, just 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 change right now. And obviously, I was just silent throughout all of this. But it's interesting that that's where they went, right? That was where 
And again, it follows suit as well, because afterwards, the funny thing is they ended the game by telling their team to report me for spamming the N-word. So they just straight up lied and weaponized the racism as well to try and get me reported, But which kind of tells you the kind of people who are doing this. But again, it's that idea of like these thousand cuts, right? And yeah. Honestly, it's, uh, someone, did a, yeah. someone did a test playing, um, I can't remember if it was Valorant or, or Overwatch, but somebody played Valorant. like the, yeah. uh, you know what I'm referring to? You want to say it? Do you want to do you want to tell it? No, no, I just I, oh. I wanted to give that idea. I wanted to say like uh, like rename an account like into a fairly like feminine name and like play without talking and like just check out how many times you're going to get, you know, like you're going to meet this misogyny because you're going to be surprised. Yeah. So basically a player, a dude had a feminine name on an account and played for something like a week or something and was like, "Oh, see how see what uh what experiences they get by not using voice and it was just and it was just like the conclusion of just like him talking about experiences and i'm just like all the women in the room just being like thank you for confirming what we've been telling you <laughs> and it's like and it, but it, you know what the sad thing is is like while the women are thinking that the men are like oh my god that's horrible because they're they're actually listening to the man yeah it's like because when a girl talks about it, then she's the one at fault and it's her problem. But if a guy pretends to go under a female username and then publicizes what was said to them, then, oh, everyone feels so sorry for him and it sucks that he had to go through that. But when it's, you know, an actual girl, no one cares. Mind you can basically just go screw yourself. Mind if I add that it has to be cishet guy, though? It's a gay guy. It's a different story for them. Mm. Like, for real. Like, uh, for real. Like, it has to be a cishet guy. Because if it's a gay guy, you know, that they're going to start calling him, I don't know, probably homophobic slurs. Let's be real. It do happen. Uh, one thing for me that I find quite interesting is every piece of transphobia I've ever experienced is from people who think I'm a trans woman <laughs> and not uh, the AFAB. Don't, don't worry, not tra trans masks don't exist. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> but yeah, um, a few years ago, I um, when I was doing like Mercy video guides, one of the things I really like, I mentioned constantly, I really homed in was this character is so good at shot calling. You you have to shot call. If you're not shot calling, you're wasting Mercy, and it's it's something I just really really regret. And it really came from a place of someone who wasn't very experienced with, like, what voice chat is like in video games. And, like, you know, if someone says to me now, oh, I don't want to use voice chat, it's like, yeah, I understand. And yep, I think same. the stories that yeah. you all are telling are just they're, just, they're important to hear, I think. Yep. Yeah. Like, I, I think shot calling is important to Mercy as well. I think she's a great hero to do it with, but I also understand why so many people are turned off from it. And, you know, as I was saying earlier, like, with myself, like, I used to shot call all the time because Mercy's a great hero for it, but eventually I just stopped because, like, the responses, the kind of harassment that I would receive from it was just too much, which is really unfortunate. And the worst part is, uh, well, not worst part, but another amplifying part is uh, some might say just like, oh, just play with the duo and have them like speak up for you. It's like, 
no, 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 no. That's a detractor if they're the, if you're a dude. They'll just be like, oh, see, you two are dude, and immediately dismiss them. But if it's a random person who speaks up, then it's like, oh, okay, right? It's like it's almost like an instant nullification of what you say if you're dude. So it's it can't. I don't know if you've seen that clip on my Twitter, but like I had a day where like for some reason I met these really weird people who were like really misogynistic, but they got shut down because my entire fucking team went into voice and started laughing at them. Like for real. Like uh -huh. my entire team went into voice. Like I have I have it on my Twitter somewhere. It was a couple weeks ago and they started laughing at them like you shut the fuck up. You had nothing to say after making that fucking joke. You're so like I think they called him virgin. <laughs> and I was like, well, and that guy was like, he left voice. He was, he was not having it. He was like, okay, I guess I can't attack this woman then. Like, since everyone's laughing at me. That's such a rare occurrence. It's very rare. Yeah. That's why I, I clipped it because I was like, see, like, you can, like, he was like, he was just shut down and like left voice. And that's it. That's the, that's the story of that misogynist. I, uh, I get defended 10 times more from women than men. And then they're opening themselves up for being attacked. Yeah. And almost never defend me. I mean, I don't care if I defend someone and they attack me. I feel like I've done something good because, like, at least that person had someone with them, you know? Because I understand how it feels, like, to be in a team and, like, get harassed by, like, a duo or, like, by a guy, like, the entire game. Like, I, I'll speak up either way, but, like, it's just sad to see. And also, like, Evie, I feel like you getting uh, defended by women more i feel like this comes back to like the selective misogyny thing you know like uh i feel like men are more like i don't know like i feel like men don't defend me as much if they if they don't feel attracted to me like, no 100 like for real no, like, i mean they just yeah they just don't defend me but like if they if they like my voice or like if they've been like kind of you know a little flirty or something like they they behave completely different and i think it's disgusting <laughs> like just that concept it's a very real phenomenon, and the extreme example of that is uh, if, say, a white trans attractive woman is speaking about trans rights, then it's great. But if, say, a black early transition woman is talking about trans rights, then she's going to get the brunt of across the board, right? So it's like, it's, uh, it's uh, your rights are important only as if you're attractive, and but that you know that's the extreme example in this scenario but yeah it's it's a very common phenomenon your perceived value of your attractiveness and whether or not they want to keep putting you down or if they uh put, see you as above so easy target versus not well i think you're all beautiful even you as we am kidding <laughs> Even you, I appreciate that. that even you. <laughs> You're all amazing. Like, uh, this is a great discussion. Yeah, I mean, usually on this podcast, I, when, when, when we have like sometimes a discussion that gets very negative, I always try to like color it at the end where I'm like, okay, guys, well, what about solutions? Like, how can we, you know, we'll be ranting about XYZ for 10 hours, like ranting about Brig or tanks or whatever. And then I'll be like, well, what's the solution, guys? What do we change? I, 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 I shy away from doing that here because there is no solution. There's no like, oh, well, let's just do this. And that's everything is fine now because as we alluded to, this is a much deeper problem than Overwatch. It's rooted in talking well, into Yeah, it's societal side. It's like a podcast where thousands of people listen. Speak up.
Be mindful. Well, that's what I wanted be, to ask is that what would you like from the community? Like, what would you like the community to do more? Or maybe Blizzard, you said streamer mode. What could help? Do better. Stop harassing people. It's not that hard to not attack <laughs> someone. It's like, I get that it's probably rooted in every fiber of your being, but hey, <laughs> the thing that you learned in kindergarten, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Just stop talking. Just And if you can't hold yourself accountable like that, remove the problem. Like, completely make sure that your mic is off. Make it so that your mic doesn't get inputted so that you can literally, like, unbind your push to talk or whatever. I don't care. Just don't harass people. Do better. And if someone is getting harassed, speak up for them. Or if someone's getting, like, I don't know, it's so frustrating because whenever you share this kind of harassment, people will, like, take these you know, this one idea and latch onto it and make it your fault. And it's like, just do better. Learn not to say slurs. Learn not to harass people. Learn not to be misogynistic. Like, just treat people like human beings. You wouldn't go outside and do it, so why are you doing it here? Like, you're weird. Stop. I feel like people are online so much now, especially, like, during, like, COVID where like they didn't go outside like they're so desensitized to like like people on the internet and to them like we're just numbers on the screens numbers and avatars you know like they don't actually see us as humans especially if they're like if, as i said before like if they don't have an emotional or sexual connection to you like you're just not a human to them like you're just not like that's what it feels like literally and like um i don't know if it's a lack of empathy or like just other things, but like I like it's it's crazy to me that like someone can be disheartened towards another human being, you know? Like I understand, like I get mad too, and I like, you know, I'll call my team dog shit or something. But like I would never go out of my way and start slurring someone for like it's like just it like just doesn't go into my head. Like I don't know. Like if it's lack of empathy, if it's education, it it is definitely like a society problem like it's it's not just in video games i mean this this happened irl like it just happens irl as well but especially like on the internet where like the, you they don't have a face to the avatar you become a number and just an avatar not a human and it becomes worse i feel like and it's anonymous obviously yeah andrew do you have anything to add before i take the ev no just agreement really <laughs> sad for once, I don't have much to say. I mean, I could always talk more, but it's like the relative value of just like, yeah, that covers the basis. Yeah. I think, yeah, from whatever piece I can add, I think it's a lot about like making certain things unacceptable, which is what I always lament when someone casually drops the N-word in match chat, you know, says that to me or whatever, but it's like, I mean, I kind of, you guys know, because I already ranted about this in the content creator Discord, but it's like, you can drop the N-word unfiltered in, 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 in match chat and no Blizzard. GG it's like, why? Easy. Yeah, but not <laughs> GG easy though, because that, that would be beyond the pale. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's reason for someone to drop the N-word, but GG easy is unacceptable here at Blizzard headquarters. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, go ahead, Somnus. I had a conversation with Evie about this, and like, she mentioned something that I find insane. Did you know that the default settings on your battle net is that it shows your real name? So even if they go around like using the N-word as uh, 
their username like i got a friend request sent from someone who is whose real name was put in as the n-word but like his username was different so when i opened it it just showed in like exclamation marks like kind of you know just the n-word like over and over again like as as the first and last name and i was shocked that this was even allowed like it's crazy yeah it's blizzard real id bnet on both on the launcher and in games uh real id is a dis default uh setting where you can um send friend request as username or send friend request as username plus real name um, and in fact, uh, a prominent example of this being an absolute fuck up was uh, Moon Moon had his real name linked when uh, Black Ops Four came out. Or he posted his uh, he posted some random taunt uh, to the an enemy team uh, an enemy player in text, and the instant he pressed enter, his real name showed up in chat for him, of course. But yeah, it's just an example of like why the absolute ever living fuck is real names ever in a video game. Get it yeah. the fuck out. And it's just like, what is this, a management issue? Literally anybody with a brain can see that real ideas should not be a thing in video games. Stop. It's for the casual players of like, oh, it's so-and-so. Ooh, it should be opt-in. Flat out. By the way, when we talk about slurs, this shouldn't even have to be said, but uh, yes, it, that does include the R word for all of the people that have been going around um, in response to like, if you share that someone calls you the R word and then everyone being like, oh, that's fine. Or like justifying it somehow like, no, that's a slur. You can't say that. I literally saw a tweet where someone was like, when did the thing that we call our friends uh, become a slur? What? It, why are you it's calling your friends that? Well, I mean, it's yes. lack of it's a lack of awareness and lack of understanding of what being like retardation, what it is, and yes. how how much it impacts people. And to them, it's just a it's like saying just the equivalent of stupid. And frankly, to me, that was the same six years ago. I was using it. Yeah. I didn't use it against people as like a a insult. I used it as a ah, oh, well, this is this right. Like I I said it as like a a circumstance almost right. But that was that that was me knowing it was bad enough to not use against people. I knew. I knew better. But when I had it explained to me, it was just like, oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. And I stopped. And it's one of those things where like people just need to understand it's like having using retarded in relation to just casual, you're you can fully acknowledge that you're using it in a negative way, and it is associated with retardation understanding that it is associated with that normalizes the fact that you are using an uh, a name a derogatory name for a medical condition as a casual insult which frankly if we want to go a little bit sjw so is saying that's so cancerous or that's that's cancer like frankly that. frankly that's included and it's just an example of using a medical condition as an insult right and when it's just people like, call people autistic, when people like I used to say that's AIDS, like you know, like it's, uh, it's yeah. just normalized yeah. on the internet, yeah. like ableist terms. Yep, it's gotten a bit better in recent years, but like if you were online in like the early two thousands, the mid two thousands, late two thousands, like it was just everywhere, you know. Because I, I think of websites like 4chan and stuff yeah, like that, that really normalized yeah. it. 
I was in the I mean, same boat as Evie. Like, uh, before someone explained it to me, to me, retard was like calling someone stupid. I was like, oh, like, uh, like I would call my friends that, like, they would call me that. And it was to us, like, it was just a very normal thing. And then someone was like, someone finally came up to me and was like, hey, I don't think you should use it anymore. And simple said, like, once they explained it to me, I was like, okay, the usage of the word I've been using my entire life is hurting certain people. So what I will do now is just take it out of my vocabulary. It's not that hard. Yeah, I find it hard. Like it's it's okay. Like I I say it so often on stream. Like it's completely okay to be uneducated and like ignorant if you're open to changing that. You know, like I was uneducated and ignorant, like for sure. And I got educated a lot in the past two years by several people. And like, like it doesn't make you a horrible human being because you're like ignorant. But being open to changing that ignorance is what will make you a very good human being. <laughs> Yep. And that, that's I what know. I would piggyback like, off of. Oh, go ahead, Skies. I was going to say, like, I also grew up, you know, online, but I was never, like, I don't know, I never ran into communities or websites like that that use that kind of terminology. And growing up, you know, my parents always made sure that, like, hey, it, this kind of stuff is not okay to say. So, like, Personally, I refrain from those kinds of terms and I, you know, and when they're directed at me, like, you know, I know that, hey, that's not okay and that's messed up. But I think that whenever you try to share, like, when, you know, that, like, the R word, that, like, that is a slur. And whenever you try to share that kind of thing, most people are not willing to, like, open to uh understanding that that's not an okay thing to say and it's a serious problem in the overwatch community that people don't think that it's a problem and that they just want to remain completely ignorant and they are not open to learning and not open to changing their vocabulary even though it's definitively not okay but it's this whole circle of like people as far as in any rank, so from bronze all the way up to the highest of high, you know, top 500, or even people in, like, content creators, or contenders players, or Overwatch League players, perpetuating this circle that it's okay to slur. Like, some small example was a little while ago, on the Overwatch League stream, uh, they do those comms checks, right? And so you can listen into like what the team was saying. And someone on one of the teams dropped a slur, the the R word, right? And someone on Twitter was like, hey, Overwatch League, you should really check your comms to make sure that slurs aren't allowed in. Like, this shouldn't be a thing that's happening. And it did, so why? And the overwhelming response were people calling the person that posted it the R word or saying like really sarcastically oh no that's horrible i can't believe they do that or people completely memeing off this person that made the tweet and it's so outrageous that i'm sorry that this community has just grown to say this word is accepted and it's fine and it's not harassment and oh, to me because oh sorry you went robo but... for a sec carry on yeah, sorry, it's just mind-boggling to me that that is considered okay. Like, 
it's not. And I think this community needs to be more open to learning that terms like that are not okay. I mean, I think it's amplified by especially a game like Overwatch. It just seems like it's been out for a while, everybody. It's been out for a while. People have grown up playing this game. These communities form and these clicks. It's just that, frankly, I mean, I, I feel like just Overwatch especially, these communities form and they're just like, their influence around them is the people who are also fine with it. And these communities are just, it, un, it we underestimate how much Overwatch, like again, any any game or system that can facilitate a community will happen. But Overwatch especially, it seems, and like the console community, for example, it's very insulated in its own way of, you know, they've been growing up for years playing the same game and the same people. They're going to form cliques that all, you know, the edgy humor, as Tesla put it, it, it just snowballs. And it's just like, ah, truly touch grass. And the other argument I feel people bring up a lot is like, well, back in my day, you, you, you wouldn't have survived in the lobby of, you know, X, insert X older game here. It is not and back it, in your days well, anymore, the, though. Well, the thing is, like, everything is relative. Like, we hopefully, we want society to get better, right? So, like, 50 years ago, someone would be like, well, we didn't have phones in my time. Well, isn't it great that we have them now? It was like, a thousand years ago, well, we didn't have rights in my time. We were all peasants. Well, isn't it great that we aren't now? And I feel like it's just a very reductive argument. People are like, in my day, we got called all kinds of stuff. Well, isn't it great that we live in a world where you don't get called so stuff so often? And can we not aspire to a world where you get called stuff less often? Like, you know, it's kind of like that uh, you participate in society and yet you want to improve it meme, right? Where it's like, we can, you know, we've lived through some bad times. We can try and be better, right? So... And the other thing I want to add is that I think that you, you were really right, Somnus, when you said that people feel like very personally attacked, I think, when you try and bring up these issues is like people feel like you're implicating them as a horrible person. And I think that that's like, there's like levels here, right? There's the a bitch for like defending myself and like telling them to like stop with that. Yeah, it's like, like, well, why, why do I become a bitch when I say something? You know, like the fact that S they're getting so defensive about SCB it. was referring to when someone is called out for saying something and oh. then them getting defensive. Oh, about... yeah. Yeah, I meant like oh. when, when, you know, you say like, let's oh. not use the R word, guys. Some The people who oh, yeah. use it, I think, you know, they feel very defensive. And I think there's like, you know, levels to it where there's like, there's the people who would drop the slur, you know, just without a bat of an eyelid in your regular match chat or in voice chat. They're kind of beyond saving, I think. I think they're, you know, like they've got their own issues. I don't think there's any reaching them via an internet discourse. That's like, that's for them for, to figure out. But there's the people who would kind of use it obliviously, I would say, right? Like who are like, it's like Neander was saying, it's just casual part of their conversations, part of their linguistics that they haven't even clocked on that it's like malicious. And I think for the, I think that's m most of the people who use it. I think there's comparatively fewer people who are like actively trying to be malicious with it. It's mostly just unconscious usage repeated and regurgitated based on what you heard and for those people i think it's really important because you're the people who will make a difference like i think you're the people who can actually change your behavior enough for it to be a tangible difference in what people notice in their experiences right and i think that it's very important and i if i could summarize what's being said in any all of this it's like it's really important i think to always check your bias check your privilege check that you didn't just you know 
you're not falling into a behavior that isn't cool. And I don't think that makes you a, a worse person for doing so. Right? I don't think it becomes. In fact, I would I would have more respect for someone like that because they're willing to self-assess and you know be humble because we're all we all make like i don't think a single one of us on the call who hasn't had like a view that they regret right let he without sin cast the first stone like none of us are perfect none of us have always had the perfect ideology but that's exactly why it's important to stop at some point and say well am i what i'm saying is it is it bad is it wrong like am i saying something that's hurting other people and as csd said it doesn't cost anything to be nice so just 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 try and be a nicer person like that can't be too much to ask you know svb is one issue that i have with that but it's just a personal issue i do that a lot like i assess myself because i don't like the kind of person i was years ago <laughs> and every time i think about me being so ignorant and uneducated i start blaming myself and like really fall into this like i'm a really horrible person pattern and like start believing it and it's like really bad i mean yeah i have a, i have a huge issue with that like i i think i talked to Overwatch grandma and evie a lot about that like i've spammed them with like big messages i'm like i feel like a horrific person like look who i was in the past and they're like yeah but look at you now you know and it's really hard for me and i feel like that is that is why so many people don't want to be educated because they're so scared of like facing the fact that they have been hurtful and that they have been ignorant and uneducated and they feel like it just automatically makes them a bad person. It's really hard to like accept that you haven't been always right or like you haven't been always a good like up like you know like up to that standards well, that you are now and like yeah. Well, you know, if I can, you view it in a negative way. You, you're looking back at all the bad things you say. I would look at it the other way. I'd say, look at the growth that you've shown. Like, look at what you used to be and look at where you are now. Is that not the mark of a, you know, remarkable person to change and grow? Like, again, I would, the, the, the least respect I would have for anyone is someone who doesn't change and doesn't grow. I, I have nothing but respect for anyone who's willing to look at themselves and change and grow for the better. And I think that's what, I hope that's how you would view it. Like, look look at where you've come. You know, look at the gap of where you come. Don't look at where you were. Look at the gap that you've created yeah, between yeah, that definitely. self and you. Yeah, it's just, I'm just trying to, like, sympathize with them a little because I can understand why they would, like, you know, be very defensive to getting educated. Like, be like, like oh, yeah. it's, it's, it is hard to, like, you know, like, uh, accept, like, you have been hurtful, you have been ignorant, you have been uneducated, you know, all these things. But it doesn't make you a bad person <laughs> like you can like change all those things like even in your 20s even in your 30s like like fuck my mom my mom <laughs> like my mom is really old i mean not that old but like my mom um you know she she said some things and i was like mom that's that's kind of racist you know she was like is it and like she and she was like she sat down with me she was like can you explain and i explained and she was like okay you know you're right and you know even in her 50s she she stopped saying doing what she was doing and that's okay she changed that she can always do you can always change absolutely absolutely props to your mom because that's takes real character yeah. to, to take that age and still be willing to look at yourself right so shout out somnus's mom all right i mean i know i've taken a lot of you guys time i know it's kind of probably been quite exhausting for you uh, and you know emotionally both physically and emotionally so if you're all right, I'd like to bring you back to Mercy. Uh, I just kind of, as a concluding thought, just ask what you guys kind of see, unless there's anything else you want to add on the previous topic, just kind of your concluding thoughts, what you're hoping for, you know, with Mercy's future, obviously the experiment with the super jump. 
Is there anything that you're kind of hoping to see in the next beta or just in the nearish future for Mercy? Give Mercy two pistols. <laughs> oh, jeez. Skisty, go ahead. I think for me, uh, you know, when the beta first came out, I was a little bit worried that they weren't looking at Mercy at all. But even though the super jump change came at, you know, near the very end of it, it was like, it was very nice to see that they actually were looking at Mercy and that she is on their radar and that they also feel like she is not at, in such a great spot right now. So uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing the kind of solutions that they end up coming up with for her. I would definitely like to see more work done on the new Superdrum ability going forward, but yeah, I'm just glad that they're actually looking at her finally. Awesome. Neandra? Um, I mean, go, to, to briefly go back to the last conversation, I, I think like a lot of people just kind of see everything as a joke and that there's never really real-life consequences for the people who, you know, say that sort of stuff. Like, no one's ever going to shout at them on the streets and because of that, they just kind of lack empathy and such. But uh, for Mercy, <laughs> I feel like there's two ways uh, they can go with her, and the, the first is just various small changes, and then the second is a complete rework. And I think I want to see various small changes first, to see if she works better in 5v5 that way, before taking more drastic measures. And uh, yeah, you know, we've given like a lot of small things tonight that I would like to see for the second beta. And Evie, take us home. I I think I'm looking forward to seemingly Overwatch uh, Overwatch 2's beta two will be a lot much larger focus on supports, where I think that the first beta was more of a technical beta along with a more focus on the tank lineup. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what I'm I'm more interested in seeing all the changes to other supports first, and then balancing Mercy accordingly to their overall power level and. I think that, yeah, I think that there's still potential for what we have now to, to shine it up a bit, per se. I think I think current Mercy can shine with a bit more love and buffing out some of the weak points or, or you know, rebalancing accordingly and giving, uh, you know, some more smaller love points. But, uh, but yeah, I would, I would like to see just a potential full rework if once we're getting into, like, after the third beta, if we still don't feel right. I yeah, I definitely am fully behind the potential of a full rework, but we'll see. Nice. And actually, Somnus, do you have like a non-akimbo pistol mercy suggestion that you wanted to bring up? Because that might have been a you know tongue-in-cheek <laughs> no, uh, one. Like I mean, uh, like I'm just gonna be honest. Like I'm just kind of winging it, you know. Like whatever change they bring, I'm like okay. Like I mean, I'll try it out, you know. Like as long as I can keep up like the aggressive play style, I'm just. You know, I'm just like, you know, like some quality of life changes would be great. Uh, looking at, they should look at super jump, like they should delete one of the ways to super jump. And uh, maybe look at res, but other than that, I'm, I'm just honestly kind of winging it. I'm, 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 one would say I'm big chilling. I'm just, I'm just excited to like get off of Overwatch 1 and play Overwatch 2 again. <laughs> I amen to that. I think we can all agree with that, or most of us. I'm sure there's always I, the thing about seeing an internet. All is never a, a accurate term. There's always someone in chat who's like, "No," but 
I am very, very grateful for you guys' time. Thank you so much for what has been a flown and flown by three and a half hours. Wow. So it has been a, a marathon. And again, I think it speaks to mercy that I still feel like there was so much we didn't cover and so much we could have done and said that we didn't. But it just shows you why this hero is perhaps so special, unique. So, you know, so much to talk about in the Overwatch community. Uh, but as always, guys, thank you very much to EVA, Neanders, KSD, and Somnus for joining me. Please do check them out. If you guys are listening to this later, which is probably the majority of you listening to this on YouTube, on uh, pod- podcast services, then their links will be in the video description. So please do check out all their stuff. And guys, thank you so much. Anything else you want to say before we peace out? Uh, you're <laughs> all amazing. You looked really cute today, by the way, especially when you were kissing your cat. I was like, aw. I love your cat. The cat is so good. The cat was an important part of the discussion. It really was. (laughs) I saw your second cat going like between the PCs at one point. That was really cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like standing on top of the PCs. But also, uh, thank you, SVB, for having all of us here today. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure to do it. Thank you, guys. Have a good rest of your day, whatever whatever time you're coming at this from. See you guys soon.